at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer Joe. Hey, hey. And Adam, or maybe better known as Curb Rider. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm very tired. Um, physically, not mentally. So I got this for the podcast and uh, we're good. I'm not, not going to be tired like a couple weeks ago with Mike. But um, my <laughs> feet are killing me, but that's okay because I'm sitting. So um, we write SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. So check out the website SifPop.com to keep up with all of that. Uh, Adam does our um, 20th Century Flicks every month. Um, and even though he planned on not doing one this month, uh, he's still going to have one releasing this month. So don't worry. <laughs> Just a <laughs> scheduling issue on our end. Um, so... Yeah, every it's supposed to be every fourth Thursday of the month um, is yeah. uh, is a twentieth century flicks. So um, I think I think you can spoil which one you did this month if you uh, want. Yeah, if you like, I'll leave it yeah, up to yeah. you. Um, I'm doing um, a movie called Giant because um, I got the four K of it. So I thought I need to check. I've got a few older four Ks, specifically really for this article. So some of the old Warner one hundreds that they're releasing this year. So I chucked in Giant and. Didn't realize it was over three hours long when I chucked it in, so it was uh, moving mm-hmm. in chapters. Um, but yeah, um, hope you all yeah look forward to seeing that on just after Christmas, I guess, if we're going by the schedule. Yeah, uh, it might go a little early just because of Christmas, but yeah, um, mm. it'll go sometime this. We um, Giant is the one big James Dean movie that I haven't seen because I've seen Rebel Without a Cause and I did watch East mm-hmm. of Eden, but yeah, that three hour run, run time has always been off putting to me. Although I think I own it. Yeah. Yeah, I do own it. Um, so I've got these days on the list, so that might that might come later at some point. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, so sipop.com for all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> on the podcast today, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of films coming out this week. Um, we're kind of in Oscar season, so we're making a big push. There's actually films to be talked about, especially because the writer strike and actor strike is over. So people aren't afraid to push. To, people aren't pushing things back. You know, like Dune and whatnot. Um, no. So. Uh, we'll talk about Wonka, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, and American Fiction uh, pretty briefly. We'll move on to talking about Old Boy. We're just doing the original. We're not doing the Spike Lee remake. Uh, maybe one day, but um, I just thought, like, like when I scheduled this, I'm like, it's going to be pretty close to Christmas. We're all going to be pretty busy. Let's just do one movie, and everybody will be happy. Um, so we're doing Old Boy. Um, also, fair warning, we're spoiling it. Um, and this is a movie that I don't think you want spoiled if you haven't. So Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to watch this pretty fresh. Right, like, so so when we get there, if you really haven't seen it, probably your time to pause. Um, I always issue a spoiler warning and typically say how severely you should moderate that. And with Old Boy, I think you really should. So um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Old Boy for a little bit. And for the B plot, we're just going to give some love on some uh, foreign action films um, to some extent. So um, that's all I put. Just. Favorite action films, favorite foreign action films. Um, and of course, we'll do the spinoff to wrap things up. But first, um, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to use this as kind of a guinea pig run. So would love your feedback on how this goes. But I thought, uh, you know, Wavelengths has been fun, but it's kind of gotten a little bit older stale, at least for me, having to come up with it every week. Um, I think the, the game has been pretty cool, but it's just been kind of rough for me. 
Um, I thought something that might be a little bit fun, there's Movie Grid out there. So moviegrid.io is what I'm using this particular time. Uh, maybe I could even like come up with some movie grids. Maybe that would make it better. But we're going to fill out the movie grid from the day we're recording together and see how it goes. So we're going to do this kind of in a like round robin style. I'm going to ask you guys um, for uh, one of these answers and we'll see. And if you get it right, then great. And if you get it wrong, then great um or we can figure it out together i don't know like again we're doing a little guinea pig run so whatever feels right let's just go with that so i sent you guys a screenshot to this grid i'll kind of fill it out in real time but for you listening at home the top row is what's i'll go with the side because we got willem dafoe julia roberts and mark ruffalo and if you're unfamiliar with movie grid by the way there's three people on this on one side and three people on the other and you have to find intersecting so on the top is uh one word title ignore the uh, begins with a vowel, ignore the, and released from 1990 to 2010. So essentially we have to do all of those with each of those actors. And a lot of times there's like this actor plus this director, this actor and this. Anyway, um, make a lot more sense. You just go to movie, moviegrid.io and it'll make a lot more sense to you. So um, where do you guys want to start? What's one that you're like, I really think I got this. Um, so um, Defoe would be for me. I'm going to yeah, right on with the other two. What one do you want to pick? Like which which uh, take a guess for one of the one of the categories. Well, I'd say it begins with a vowel. Yeah. Oh, so got? do they all have to be in the same movie together? Is that what we're doing? Is that how it works? So this one, for, so you're you're just saying movie that begins with a vowel that yep. has Willem Dafoe in it. Okay. Um, well, I'd say I'll say Inside. I've never seen that one. That twelve percent of people uh, guessed that one. Okay, it's so. um, yeah from this year. Inside, it's um, oh, cool. actually one of my favorite movies of the year. I don't think many people know about it. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go in that same category actually because uh, begins with a vowel and Mark Ruffalo. That'd be Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. That's the one. And that's nine point two percent. So the idea nine point two percent of people that got it right guessed that one. So the lower the percentage, obviously, the better of an answer. Joe, you got one that you think mm-hmm. you can uh, can add that hasn't been crossed off yet. Trying to think, trying to rack my brain for something Julia Roberts and the title. It's kind of amazing how, like, you know, there's somebody right now that's screaming some movie yeah. or whatever, you know? <laughs> I, I, feel like for, I feel like for Julia <laughs> Roberts, like, from 1990s to 2010, it's got to be Pretty Woman. That's got to be, like, the top yeah. rated. There's just sure. no way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be one of those, like, 60%. Yeah, I'm going to go for the softball pitch right now. All right. 27.4. I was trying to get the most obscure result is that what we're trying to do is in the, the it's, lowest it's percent kind of or? a bonus it's it's like bragging rights okay. if you get a lower percentage you know yeah, yeah. but i've yeah. seen this i've seen this play out and i would love to see if there's a way that we can get it but i've seen it play out on tiktok where there's a couple of guys and they'll fill out a grid together but like yep. if there's only one answer you get 10 points and if there's less like like if there's like multiple then you get fewer like and then you kind of go round robin and whatnot and then everybody kind of gets points and so like I've seen that, I'd I'd like to see if I can pull that up here. I just can't find whatever grid they're using, but um, we'll see. Or maybe I think it, maybe somebody picks the grid and then assigns the points. But that's a lot of research that I just didn't do this week. But um, yeah, what else? What else do you guys want to go with? Can one you guys think title. of a one word title with Mark Ruffalo in it? Yeah, I can. Oh, I can too. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Are we thinking of the same one? Maybe Zodiac. I was about to say Zodiac. Yeah, I was thinking Spotlight, but yeah. Mark Mar- Ruffle has got a few of those where you can kind of like throw those in there. Oh, which would be a nice percentage. 24.5% picked Zodiac. The Avengers, I mean. <laughs> yeah, oh, true, because you ignore the... Yeah. the, the. It begins with a vowel, too, for Ruffalo. 
Yeah, yeah I was true. just thinking like Dark Waters and mm. you know um, Thor Ragnarok. Like, well, let's just round up Mark Ruffalo. Uh, one release from 1990 to 2010. Again, maybe the most obscure would be the best, but like, um, yeah, let's do Dark um, Waters. Wait, no, that's after 2010. Yeah, yeah, that was 2017 or something. 16. Yeah. He's in uh, he's in one movie with Brie Larson, right? Because that was like a big thing about like. <clears throat> It was like her first ever role. Was that like Ten Things oh. I Hate About? No, it wasn't Ten Things I Hate About. No, no, it was no. like, do you know what you know what I'm talking about, Joe? There was like an article about like Ruffalo was in a movie and Brie Larson was like bare, like a practically a cameo in it, and they're like, we've actually been in a movie together. We've shared a scene, right. and he didn't Sorry. remember. <laughs> um, any movie Ruffalo's been in from ninety from 1990 to 2010? Yeah, damn. I mean, the two that we listed count for that, but... So, I don't... My Mark Ruffalo knowledge is pretty low, to be honest, but there was one that I just... was at the front of my yeah, mind, and I've lost it. Yeah, mine's pretty basic for him. Um, he has a lot that, like... Before he, like, really got kicked off, like, there, there's a lot of stuff before that, too, and I'm, like, trying to rack my brain... Sure. I used to work at Blockbuster, and I used to see a lot of his movies on his shelf. And like, I can... Oh, what about... Um, when was Shutter Island released? Oh, oh. Uh, I think that's 2010. Oh, I think you made the cutoff. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's it's try under, it. I think a really underrated movie too. Like mm. perfect, eight point nine percent. Oh wow, cool. that's kind of surprising. I thought that would have been lower, but because like he's not, he's barely in the movie. Well, no, he's in it for more than nah, he's, he's in it quite he's, a bit. Yeah, I just yeah. it just feels more like a Leo solo film, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. It, I mean, it's fair because Leo's in just about every scene, like you know, 99% yeah. of the film. Um, Julie Roberts movie begins with a vowel. Let's take one of the oceans movies. Um, yeah, like yeah. That, that's yeah, a gimme. Well, that's a fair. She's not in eleven. Is she? Is she in eleven? She's in eleven. Um, okay, because she's like she's in, dating um, she's Andy in Garcia. Twice. Yeah. She she is herself in Ocean's Twelve, or she's playing mm. somebody. She's playing somebody that looks exactly like Julia Roberts in Twelve. Yeah, um, but Twelve let's would probably go... have a lower percentage in Eleven, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I think Thirteen would have the lower, like the lowest of them all, yeah, right? Probably. But like, yeah, yeah. maybe that reverse psychology. <laughs> let's just go Twelve for the fun of it, because she's kind of also playing herself. She's kind of got a dual role. Seventeen percent. Yeah, I figured the Ocean's okay. One would be there for. For Defoe for 1990-2010, I'm trying to think of something obscure. I haven't seen it personally, but Antichrist, I mean, it's pretty... Yeah, yeah. I've, I started it and I couldn't, but... Oh, oh, there is an obscure one that he was in, but I can't remember the, when it was released. Oh, he's been in a million things. But, but I'm pretty sure made... like 70% of people are picking Boondock Saints for this one, so... Ah, yeah, I, we yeah, can I pick Antichrist, said, that's fine. Lars von Trier. I thought The Hunter... Yeah, I feel like you have to have a stomach for... I think The Hunter was after 2010. Yeah, you're 1.1% for Antichrist. Good job. There Dang. you go. Um, it's a hard film to watch. Yeah, I, again, I, I watched very little. Um, uh, Hunter so was 2011, think, so pretty close. Yeah. Have we filled so, all the William Defoe, Ryan? I'm sorry? Have we filled... What, what well, spots have we got left? All, all we have left is one word title. You can ignore a the. Um, for Willem Defoe and Julia Roberts. I, guys, I... Uh. I think Spider-Man? I don't have an answer for Julia Roberts. Uh, yeah. What about Spider-Man for women? Well, that's, I, mean, I wonder that's if you count right? that, right? Because it's hyphenated. I think that uh, makes it one word. 
Yeah, because I did hyphenate that. You know, just, just I mean, I know, well, have, I know the, I know the lighthouse the would count, but can we... Oh, the hunter, sure. I was like, I know the lighthouse yeah. would count, but can we get more obscure? Yeah, the, the lighthouse. Yeah. yeah, the hunter, do that. No one will know that exists, I reckon. Um, I can't even find... Like, it's not giving me the option to guess it. Is that, Was that like a... Oh, really? Was it released under a different... Um, title? One more title? I mean, it's going to be really obvious and probably Platoon... It's going to be really obvious. Oh, like that's going to be, yeah, yeah. It's going to be really high percentage. Of, like people would say that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I uh, feel like more people are more people, especially the people that are playing movie are good are going more lighthouse or. Um, yeah. The lighthouse would be, why can't you find the hunter? That's good. Let's I mean. let's, I can't find the hunter. I don't know. Um, yeah. Let's go with, um, <clears throat> let, let's go with uh, platoon. platoon. Big. Because I can't Actually, find. Yeah, while while he's like an integral part of the film, he is part of an ensemble. So there is that too. Ten mm. percent. Yeah. Um, and one word for Julia Roberts. Yeah, one word title for Julia Roberts movie. I'm I'm. She's one of those that like could have had everything and has had like has picked things very well, and so she's like not appeared in a ton. And like I don't know. I feel like she's one of those actresses that like semi retired to be a mom. Like mm. yeah. I don't know she's for sure. That's now. just me kind of talking out of my ass. But like, she could have been like she's well, she obviously been... she's earned she's earned her Hollywood Hall of Fame. What about? But she's what doing about she's doing stepmom stepmom right? I have no is idea. Hyphenate? Yeah, look it up. Is it hyphen? Uh, it's uh. I think Jennifer Lawrence is doing what Julia Roberts did do. Uh, I'll yeah. go stepmom. It's not hyphenated at least here. So let's do that. Thirteen point six. There you go. We did it, guys. We got nine out of nine correct. Right. I. I can say with confidence that I've never gotten a full grid correct. Um, and I would not have gotten this one without your guys' help. So awesome. Uh, yeah, you guys want to hear the most popular guesses? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for for Willem Dafoe, one word, it was the lighthouse with a whopping yeah. 48%. <laughs> yeah. Um, Willem Dafoe starts with a vowel, American Psycho. I forgot he was in that. Oh yeah, he is. He's an investigator. Yeah. He's in it really. That's the problem. <laughs> and the the and they in Spider Man was the two thousand and um nineteen ninety to two thousand. For Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman was the number one. Starts with a vowel. Highest percentage was actually Aaron Brockovich. That makes sense. <laughs> um, and Wonder was the most popular one word. Uh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that one, but yeah. I don't know that I'm missing out. Um, all right, here we go. <laughs> Ruffalo uh, starts with a vowel. Was Avengers and um, the um, uh, one word title minus the the was the Avengers. The one that I was thinking of um, that he was in, that he had like a quick thing with Brie Larson was 13 going on 30, which was the most popular oh, answer oh. for 1990 okay. to 2010. That is true. Okay. Um, percentage of like people getting it right. It looks like the only ones that people really had trouble on were only 55% of people got Willem Dafoe starts with a vowel and 44% got uh, Julia Roberts. One word title. So <laughs> guys, we did it. We did it all nine. Yeah, it's a pretty fun, like it's just moviegrid.io. Every every day it gets on you can get on an email list where it sends you. I, I love playing it's just immaculate grid. Um either with baseball or I play hockey because I know more hockey stuff, although I've kind of gotten off the train a bit. They now have it where you can go play the archives one. When it first launched, you couldn't. So um I love love the Immaculate Grid. Um so um any feedback you guys have um, listening at home on how we could do that better? Again, I may, I think maybe the idea of like assigning points and maybe being a little bit less cooperative is might be fun, but it might t- take too much time. And 
I don't know. Like, there's kind of a fun cooperative element to it. But if the, if three if three people that write for a movie website can't get a perfect grid every time, like, <laughs> we probably don't deserve to be writing here. So, anyway, um, do you guys have fun? Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty dope for the first first try. Cool. Well, I think we'll go forward, and I think it'll naturally maybe get a little bit smoother or whatnot. Thanks for being my guinea pigs. Um, before we get to talking about a couple more movies coming out this week, I have one random question for you guys, and that is, what is a pet peeve of yours? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> How about just one for this time, and next time you're on, you can you can say another. <laughs> um, sorry, Joe, if I'm jumping in, but my biggest one is people that don't indicate when they're driving, that don't indicate to tell you where they're going. Oh, indicate. Got it. Use their blinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Use their blinker, yeah. I was like, is that an Australian thing? Like, no, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the worst. It's just the worst. It's just one of the rudest things I think someone can do. If if you've got a car behind you, you need to let them know where you go because it just creates accidents. Um, Yeah, anyway. Right, especially when they, like, suddenly break and you're like, why did you suddenly break? And Or, like, maybe I'll just jump off of yours because my biggest pet peeve is when people put on a turn indicator after they've started braking. Like, it doesn't matter. You're not yes. indicating anything anymore, right? Like, that's worse. You know I was, um, I'm teaching my kids to drive at the moment, and I said the exact same thing to my boy today because he broke, and then he started indicating. And I'm like, mate, you need to indicate so the car behind you knows that you're right. about to brake. Yeah. yeah. Now, like, obviously, if you're like, oh, shoot, like, I'm in an unfamiliar place, like, turn on the indicator whenever you actually realize you're going and then commit mm. to it, you know. So if it, if it happens to be after you start breaking, fine. But it does yeah. – that, it that just really makes me mad when people, like, know where they're going and then they'll break and then they'll indicate. It's like, guys, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need to let me know to back off. Like, especially because I That's... live in the Midwest and, like, I know you're not supposed to, but everybody drives bumper to bumper. bumper. And if you don't indicate that's how accidents happen. I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but in Australia, it generally happens with people who drive German cars. So if it's a BMW, a Mercedes, or an Audi, then they just they just it's, own the road. Those guys, man, that's just it's um it, it's a it's a stereotype joke here um, to say like it is here too, um, but it's, stereotypes are there for a reason. <laughs> right, right, right. Typically, typically, um, but. Uh, no, I, the, it, it's definitely a joke in America that like the BMW, specifically BMWs, mm. I, I think it's just the driver, not necessarily that, but uh, not necessarily oh, like yeah, where the course. car was manufactured, yeah. obviously, but um, yeah. like like yeah. one of the things, like they, there was a viral thing going around a couple of years ago that was like, hey guys, car life hack, did you know that just to the left of your BMW steering wheel, there's a little <laughs> flicker, like... <laughs> New one, yeah, new so one. It turns stuff. out it's been there for years, you know. Like, <laughs> um, there is true. There is some entitlement that comes with with certain cars <laughs> or vehicles. You notice with certain people, like I, I've noticed it. Like I said, well, there's smoke, there's fire with with something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam, I'm I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but do Australians drive on the right or left side of the road? Uh, we drive on the left side, the opposite to you guys. Oh, re- okay. I. So our, well, our steering I, was on the right-hand side of the car. Okay. Well, I was – I couldn't remember because, like, I was like – it's actually, like, if a lot fewer countries than we think. Like, I know, like, no, yeah. in the UK <clears throat> they do, but I'm pretty sure it's not all of – like, most of Europe is on the right side of the road, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I think – I think uh, – well, that's a good question. I know there's a map out there that shows you which countries – not many countries actually do drive on the road – on the most – most, most drive on the have the steering wheel on the left hand side of the car. That's the majority. But in America, you know, the, all all foreign places are London. So 
you know, everywhere else must yeah. do it wrong, you know. Yeah, Yo, you got a pet peeve? We, sorry. I was going to go for another tangent. It's all right. <laughs> no, worries. Yeah, uh, yeah, as far as pet peeves go, um, especially now since uh, being a dad, I don't have like a lot of time. My time's like, it's precious to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if it's precious to anybody else. But uh, when people like were fl- are flaky with plans or like they're like, you know, I planned something ahead of time. If something goes south, it's like, and not like having the proper communication, that, that bothers me. But like, I usually get over it pretty fast. I'm pretty easygoing. So that, that's a pet peeve. But in general, like a pet peeve of mine is just like rude people. Like mm, people are yeah. rude for like no reason. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like pe- people have bad days, but like you can't be like sitting there just taking out on people. So like in general, rude people are just. Well, not, just remember I'm a bartender, so I deal with the. I know. <laughs> Sorry. God bless your soul. <laughs> yeah. I had a rude person a couple hours ago. Um, and you know what? Whatever. You live in. He's 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 off grumpy still at his night because yada 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 and I am at home having fun with some friends halfway across the world. So Yeah, you just moved yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. Um uh, let's move on to the coming attractions then. Um <clears throat> I've got Wonka, Chicken Run, and American Fiction. Which one do you guys want to kick it off with? Uh Dealer's Choice. Up to you, I'd say. Let's uh let's start with Wonka, because I already have the IMDB page pulled up for that one. Um and I think this one actually might be the most like conversation worthy of the three i mean not i think mm-hmm. they're all really worth it there's there's a lot more movies coming out i'm trying to narrow them down um so with dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate a young and poor willy wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers um wonka stars timothy chalamet and um uh hugh grant uh olivia coleman mostly uh keegan michael key some other fun people in there. Definitely some faces you might recognize. Directed by Paul King um, of Paddington and Paddington 2 fame. Also has the screenplay credit and so does Simon Farnaby. So, uh, Wonka. Prequel to Willy Wonka starring Chim- uh, in the Chocolate Factory starring Ch- Timothy Chalamet. Directed by Paul King. What do you guys think? Um, based entirely only on your free will. Not based off of budget or schedule or anything. When do you guys think you would check this out? Would you check it out in a theater? Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Wait till you hear initial reactions or are you just not interested in this movie? Adam, why don't you kick us off? Uh, absolutely. I'm going to the cinema next week to watch it and it will be only the seventh movie I've seen at the cinema this year. I've been very quiet. Um, no, I'm super keen because I love the first one so much, completely enamored with it. I read the book about half a dozen times as a kid and the film itself is something, a film I've seen a, a billion times as well and it's um, – yeah, super keen. And, and I'm, I'm actually one of the rare ones. I'm a bit of a fan of Timothy Chalamet, actually. I, I kind of get excited by what he's doing, so um keen to see him. I don't think, think you're the rare one. Clothes. I think it's I think it's just me and Nash that are kind of the, like, Timothy <laughs> oh, Chalamet no, got, haters. I know other people. They're just, yeah. I thought it was just a thing that people hated on him. Um, I think, people, no, I think, either, I think people either really like him or hate him, and I'm I'm in the, like indifferent but if i have to pick a side i'm like i'm kind of tired of the guy like i i've kind of always have been mm. but i also haven't seen call me by your name or beautiful boy or um mm. like one of his other like he's really good in call you i know like mm-hmm. and, and, and sure he he's a very talented person that i just like something he just gives me bad vibes and like yeah i don't know I like i feel like i, I could get, get along with most people he seems like a guy that i'm just like i would hate being around him he's, he's just like his <laughs> He's just like his character from Lady Bird. He's just super aloof and just like a jerk. Oh, Lady like Bird's the other life. one that I haven't seen, but I will be watching it next month. Uh, so. He's in a yeah, pretty, he's pretty treat. Good. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's super good. Um, Joe, what do you think about Wonka? Yeah, for me, um, 
besides like the original film, which it looks like they're channeling, but like I, I had some, I have some worries, so I put more as a rent. Um, but um, I'm not like super interested in like Willy Wonka stuff, but uh, I like the cast. Uh, I like the director. Um, I think the art style looks really awesome. Um, and I love the, the, the two Paddington films. I think they're amazing. So um, yeah, so I'll have some hope for it. Um, yeah, I could be like a rent or like it'd be like a matinee for this. Nice. But, yeah, I think it's pretty solid. Again. I'm gonna I'm gonna go rent as well. Um, and and here's the thing: like I vehemently dislike the idea of this movie, but I think it, the trailers actually make it look pretty fun. Hugh Grant is a is alone enough to get me at least into streaming. Anything that Paul King does is gonna be, mm. you know, like is gonna bump it up an extra tier. So like the fact that he's doing it is rent now. And I also know like I'm trying to keep initial reactions out of this. Initial reactions have been pretty positive. I don't know if they're yeah. like, you know, like like a lot of the other movies that we might talk about where it's like I expect to see it on a best picture nominee list, you know, whatever. But like I try to keep all that out of it. But essentially, the discourse has been like, guys, Paddington's not a fluke. Paul King makes good movies. Like, um, and like of course he does, you know. So. I'll uh I'll say rent like I, I still something about the idea of this movie and I'm not totally sold on the plot like it's kind of like a uh, man did you did you guys see there was a Christmas movie that came out two years ago that was like a straight to Netflix called Jingle Jangle and starred yeah. Forrest Whitaker yeah okay um, I watched it because somebody I think Barrett from CinemaSins said it was kind of fun and I watched it and it's it's just mid but it like it's kind of this plot. Uh, except right. with toy makers and like so that's a little off-putting because that movie was aggressively mid and uh um <laughs> but like it's it's also kind of got like a little bit of like box trolls energy which i think is a little fun like obviously it's not stop motion okay. or anything. i i don't like the idea of this movie there's a couple other things that just like like plot wise or whatever that just kind of put me off but chalamet's a good actor and he looks good in this and although i think everybody's gonna walk away and go like yeah hugh grant duh um like he just mm. looks like he's having mm. fun you know i'm just like watching the trailers that plays in imdb like it looks it looks pretty solid it looks yeah. more exciting the more i kind of look into it like like you said like the the actual premise itself doesn't seem that exciting but like the more you kind of look at scenes of it it looks really cool though like the art yeah, direction isn't is it like just an sorry joe sorry okay isn't it just an origin story? Because I, I I don't look into once I know I want to see a movie, I don't look I don't watch the trailers, I don't look into it too much to see all that. Like it, behind yeah, the scenes in front of the camera excites me, so I'm like, I would definitely want to see this. So it's kind uh, of a prequel, but like yeah, it's, just like an origin. Story. I mean, I think the tagline of the film or something is like how Willie became Wonka. You know, like yeah, it's it's how did how did Willie Wonka get to be like from a nobody to the most proficient. Yeah, yeah. Like, wh- where did he kind of just explode? You know, I think that's the way it's being like. I mean, part of my friendship being sold to like the cheap seats to be like, "Hey, here's what this film's about." You know what I mean? But watch, it's yeah. probably gonna be something more like Patty. Like, ima- like imagine the pitch line for Paddington to be like, "Oh, it's a movie about a bear that goes on adventures." But there's so much yeah. in between that. There's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So there, there might be like so much in there that like we'll be like, "Oh, okay, now I get it." Like, yeah, it's just to get I'm people in the chairs. I'm pretty keen to watch him turn from like this fresh eyed optimistic person into this just complete nutcase that Gene Wilder played. I want to see that transition, like breaking how he breaks bad. That's what I want to see. I hope that's what happens. Well, but, but according to the original movie, the nutcase act like act was an act like he, cause cause it was about what kid can persevere. Right. So I think there is a question of like how much, how sane is he actually, you know, he's, he's kind Mm -hmm. of meant to portray insane, but he's putting on a show 
to drive away the kids. Like it seems like they're playing that angle, and it the thing that excites me too. He's playing it like Wilder, in my opinion. Like instead of like being like really zany and weird, he's playing it like he's like a younger version of Wilder. So. Like I said, mm, the mm. positive reception that it's getting, like, there could be, like, you know, there's so many factors that we're not even, like, seeing, or you know what I mean? Or, like, we're, we're not seeing, we're not we're not reading, you know what I mean? You read, like, a tagline, or, you, like, you look at the premise, you're like, oh, it's an origin story again, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who thought Paddington was going to be good? I didn't think that. I have, I had no idea. I'm, you know, I'm not British. I don't know. <laughs> like, every, I read the books as a I'm kid. I'm not British. I'm not a bear, you know? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I can't relate to the movie. I don't like then, Yeah, I, I don't like, like Marmalade. I like strawberry. Like that line though. from uh, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, where they like make the the things in my Jeep song, and it's like that song's just not relatable because I had other things in my Jeep. <laughs> exactly, like, but like has like this really this really cool core message, and like that's all you need to sell a movie. So, like I said, yeah, this right. could be this could be something really amazing. Uh, Adam, I'm really curious though. You said this is only be your seventh time going to a movie this year. Hmm. Um, man, like, yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm curious. Just real briefly before we move on to Chicken Run, like, yep. What, like, first of all, I want to know, like, what, what does it take to get you to a theater right now, and like, um, why is that, like, now. what is the one thing that specifically makes this like, man? If I'm only going to go to ten this year, this is going to be one. That's such a good question. Um, I think my. I know you said you saw one it. like a week or two ago. What is it? Uh... Uh, I watched the boy in the heron the other night. Um, that was and that was yeah. I think... yeah. Um, but before I I hadn't been since I think July. I had to go actually look back through my ticket history to see what I'd been to uh, this year. Um, and I think Indiana Jones was one of them. So big ticket items like that. Like I'm obviously an indie fan. Like I think most people. So I wanted to see that. Very keen. Um, so Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, yeah, I definitely yeah, saw. So I, I didn't see Barbie in the in the theater though. Um, mm. I did see Oppie. Um, I can't even remember. John Wick. Nah, nah, didn't care for no, that no, too much. I mean, I watched it, but I didn't have to see that in the cinema. Mm. Um, I'd have to. Have, I'd honestly have to have a look back, but I can't remember right now. Um, well, I think I think, I think mine's more alarming than yours. Like <laughs> I, the last movie I saw in theaters was probably Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. That was like the last movie I saw in theaters. I went yeah. on. <laughs> so long oh. I went on uh, Sunday. We saw Silent Night, so and it's Saturday, and I'm oh. maybe going tomorrow. But I'm oh. in like full blown. Like I'm watching like three movies a day, like to catch up on this mm-hmm. movie, on this year films. Like, oh, and so, uh, sorry yeah, to interrupt you, Adam. What were you? No, you're sorry. Oh, I was just saying that the first, as in the movies that I've gone to, I saw Babylon and Across the Spider Verse and nice. Indiana Jones, and that's honestly that's. That might get uh, Mission Impossible, and that's basically it up until pulling the hair. Um, nice. I, I don't. I, I can't answer really truthfully what gets me there. It's just something I want to see that I that I think I need to see on a big screen with big sound. Um, otherwise, I've got mm. I've got a pretty decent setup at home, so I'm happy to sure. wait for some things. So, yeah, but yeah. you know what you don't have is Disney physical releases anymore. So please don't rub <laughs> salt into that wound. Oh my God. It's all right, dude. I'm pretty sure they're moving that way in America too. Like Best Best Buy is going to stop selling this year, and they're like one of the largest retailers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, our our biggest retailer here that sells physical, there every store has lost a shelf of um of physical media, and strangely, what they've replaced it with is the different versions of Monopoly. In every store, a whole shelf of physical media is gone, and it's just Monopoly games there. It's I wonder. I wonder if you guys are going to start seeing like maybe only in like really big cities like Melbourne and Sydney, but like I wonder if you guys will start seeing like pop up import shops like where they'll have 
you know. There's, there's a lot of places that we have that do import into Australia, but I actually order mine from the UK because they, for one, they have the same Blu-ray region as us. Um, mm. But it's also cheaper. Like I, because I, I couldn't get Titanic. I've been itching for Titanic to come out in 4K, and I knew it was coming. And then Disney go, nah, we're not selling it. So because they have international distribution, not Paramount. So mm. I had to, I had to order that from the UK, and it's like 50 bucks Australian, which is I don't know, 55 American cents, I think, at the moment. It's not a lot for you guys, but it's um, it's just painful. And then yeah, there's there's a lot I want to get that I just won't get. Because of the I mean, cost. good news is that 4K discs are region free. Yes, absolutely. So you can buy a 4K yeah. disc from anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, um, which I love. You know, it can play on any place. Uh, I've got a couple of PNA lobbers and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, I my, the version of Old Boy that I have was actually a UK release on 4K oh, that Arrow wow. Video did because when I yes. was looking to watch this again, like you could not find it in the states. So. Uh-huh. Um, uh, which I was like, it's a popular enough movie. It turns out like they were just getting a 4K remaster for the States. So I don't know if it was the same remaster, but they released it digitally like a month ago or so. Anyway. Um, I was like, this is pretty like pretty substantial film. Like, yeah, kind of put like a whole, whole country cinema, like on the spotlight, like pretty much like at least. Well, and, yeah. and when I watched it the first time I was in high school and it was on um, Netflix and now it's, I, I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't buy it anywhere. Yeah, and you have yeah, to, I, th- I think they were just like, they re-released it with like, a, uh, oh, it's the 20th anniversary. So that's what it is. It's the 20th anniversary re-release. And so yeah, you, you can buy it. Remaster. You just, now you can. Yeah. But like two months can. ago, you couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, true. I, I actually ordered mine from the UK as a box set. There's a, the Park Chan-wook's Vengeance trilogy. He's got three Vengeance movies. Um, and they just oh, yeah. 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 Well, we're getting um, a little ahead of ourselves. Um, Let's let's real quick let's browse through uh, Chicken Run: Dawn of the Nugget. Have uh, this is a new Ardman animation film, uh, sequel to Chicken Run that came out in two thousand. Having pulled off an escape attempt for or escape from Tweety's farm, Ginger has found a peaceful island sanctuary for the whole flock. But back on the mainland, the whole chicken kind faces a new threat, and Ginger and her team decide to break in. Uh, this is starring Tendiwe Newton and Zachary Levi, uh, Bella Ramsey as well in there. So uh, new voice actors from the original. Um, uh, plenty of. Other like really fun people. I don't know how big these people are going to be, but like uh, Nate from Ted Lasso is going to be a voice in here, and uh, yeah. Peter Serafinowix, who was like the Tick in Amazon's The Tick, he'll be in here. He's a fun voice actor. Darth Maul. Um, who's Darth Maul? I know Ray Park Peter is Darth Maul, but, like... Yeah, Serafinowicz. Sarah... He was the voice yeah, of Darth was... Maul. Yeah, I didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, and he was in a. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, he was in Shaun of the <laughs> Dead. He played the like neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Uh, Joe, let's start with you this time. Theaters, rent, stream, skip, or just kind of like wait to see initial reactions for Chicken Run Two, right? Um, for me, um, I put streaming. I haven't seen the original. Um, I am a big fan of Wallace and Gromit, but I just never seen the Chicken Run movie. I don't know why. Um, it looks like a fun film. Fun film. So you know, maybe if I go back and revisit the first one, like maybe it'll kickstart me to go watch this one. But um, I do like claymation and stuff. Like so, I don't know. That's where I'm kind of out with it. Uh, Adam, what about you? Uh, well, I just watched the first Chicken Run the other night to prepare for this one. Um, I think I'd seen it many years ago, but it's it's awesome. Hard men make great movies, but in saying that, I think it's a Netflix original, isn't it? So I, yeah, I'm, so I'm it, it is coming to Netflix this Friday. Um, but so, Even so, six, so, but I think I'm sure it'll have a theatrical release just so it can get some Oscar love. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say, even if it was, I'd still happy to wait for streaming for it. I'm, I wouldn't be something I'd be, I, I don't have, if I had younger kids, maybe, but I don't. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the deal. I'm going streaming as well, but like, I really respect this studio, like, because mm. um, the Shaun the Sheep stuff has done really well. Mm. And uh, the original Chicken Run, I think, is like really good. I think it's overrated, um, like a little bit, like in terms of like people love this movie. I'm like, look, calm down. It's good. It's really good, especially for 2000. But like, it's not perfect. Um, but I do I do love how and I'd be, I'd be really curious. I don't know. The original Chicken Run is essentially remaking The Great Escape for kids. Um, oh, yeah, like, yeah. And, and very clearly, like in a lot of ways, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know what this one is like. I don't, and I, and it's just because I, I don't think I've seen a trailer for this film or anything. But like, I like I don't know what it in the in the dawn of the nugget like doesn't really say anything to me. Like I don't know. Like if this was if I knew this was going to be like a Jurassic Park um, ripoff or something, like I might be a lot more interested. But I think I think my initial reaction to Chicken Run, like I watched it again for the podcast maybe like two years ago. I think right before they announced the sequel, and I was like, yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, it's got its flaws, but it's it's good. It's really good, and I, I I'm I'm happy to watch this one. But kind of like I mean, it is a Netflix original, but I would be happy waiting for you know streaming um, for this one. Um, so um, that just leaves us with American Fiction. American Fiction, and this one is I think a limited release because I think I saw like it's not actually showing around me until like the twentieth or so. But it's at least getting uh, like it had a. 22nd i think um but i think it is getting some like early release now um this week or something i don't entirely know but uh, a novelist who's fed up with the establishment uh profiting from black entertainment uses a pen name to write a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain this is a new movie by cord jefferson uh based off of a novel erasure um by percival everett uh, primarily starring Jeffrey Wright, but as always, plenty of great people in here. Um, yeah. Adam Brody, Keith David, Sterling K. Brown, Issa Rae, uh, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. American fiction. Guys, I'll kick us off this time. Uh, this is the most ex- anticipated for me for this week. I am uh, 100% in theaters. Ever since I saw the trailer for this one, I think in front of maybe the holdovers, um, I've been Ooh. really excited for this movie. Um, it just looks... It just looks like satire done perfectly. Like I love some good satire, um, you know, and I, I I really love Don't Look Up. I, obviously, that one's like way on the nose and whatnot. Um, this looks like a really nice balance. Uh, this American fiction, and also if you want to take a look at other writing credits, Cord Jefferson has The Good Place, which is one of the best comedies of the last decade, and yeah. um, Watchmen, which is maybe the best TV That's show true, ever man. made. Um, Station Eleven, which I've heard nothing but incredible things about. Mm-hmm. Master of None, which wasn't for me, but is good so like core jefferson's earned earned an opening weekend uh for me yeah. for and whatever he comes out with next what about you guys you got Jeff? you got yeah for uh for me i yeah it's funny that you said that like you just like rattled off like what he's known for um the director i was like oh okay <laughs> i was like got me more excited for for the project so yeah i was already out of theaters so um but yeah this is like the perfect type of satire like like you said it kind of rides that line where it's like uh, it could be like kind of like a little too cutting it like little it's cutting the cord but like it's a little almost too on the nose like too too real but like it's they're still like ah uh, it's still kind of funny but but yeah and i, I love like uh, i love the cast uh, i love jeffrey wright in this role i think it's like perfect uh, i think it's perfect for him 
Yeah, this is, this looks great. Even for like uh, Watchmen alone, as far as a credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. Um, yeah, for me, I'm looking through what's coming soon at my cinema, and I don't think it's coming here, to be honest. Um, but even if it was, uh, I'd be happy with streaming for this. Um, the main reason, I'll tell you, is because I read the Sift Grandfather's review on Letterboxd, and he wasn't mm-hmm. overly keen on it. So I was like, eh, I trust Aaron a lot. I mean, we, we were on the same page quite often, so um, I'm like, I'm happy to wait. I mean, I'll see it, but uh, well, the fun fact is that I thought, I don't know if we were, it's a connection, uh, Keith David plays a character called Willy the Wonka. Which, <laughs> That's awesome. Which cracked me up. Um, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, I'm happy to wait for this one. Uh, if it gets some Oscar buzz and awards and that, then I'll want to see it sooner, but um, I'm happy to wait until I stumble across it. Yeah, I don't know what entirely is going to be in the top 10, like, Best Picture nominees. I don't know that this quite makes it. Um, it's a strange year. At least, in, at least in terms of what I'm hearing. Like, I think Barbie and Oppenheimer are locks. Yeah. Um, I think as a, as a cinematic year, just on that subject, I think it's been quite a mid-year, if we're talking about, if we're going to use the terminology that your youth use now, mid. Um, it hasn't been, like, 2022 was fantastic. Um, every year has been quite good, but this year has been, apart from those couple of tent poles, it's been, eh, not not. Even with foreign films, there hasn't been anything mega exciting for me. The only locks sure. that I know right now are Barbie Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'd be really surprised if The Holdovers doesn't make it as well. Yeah, yeah, The Holdovers um, is pretty special. I, I think maybe maybe Saltburn would make it. I'm just trying mm. to think. Like any any, I'm trying to think of any movie that like is maybe going to take this spot away from... Um, uh, from this one, like I, I could see past lives. That one's got a lot of good buzz. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Um, great. Oh, what else? Uh, color purple, probably. Yeah. Um, hasn't that been done though? That that's the most Oscar baitiest movie of the year. Uh, has, yeah, it's, it's, it's an adaptation. Th- this movie is an adaptation of the musical that was made after right. you're right. Maestro should be in there. Uh, Asteroid city, semi-decent chance. I, there's yeah. a lot of good buzz for, um, anatomy of a fall, maybe even Rye Lane yes. or a thousand and one. Um, so like either what? way, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure this makes it in the best picture territory, but I would, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Jeffrey, Wright, You know, getting some Oscars love here. We'll see. He deserves it. He's pretty, he's pretty decent. Jeffrey. He's had a great career. Um, this year though. I'd like to see Giamatti get a get all in. Has he won yet? Nah. Then put no, me all aboard the Giamatti train. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I know, right? Um, let's, uh, on that note, it's time we start talking about old boy, but real quick, uh, you got to hear a lot of movie thoughts from these guys. If you want to hear more from them, uh, where can they find you? Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Yeah. Per usual, you can find me on Instagram under the star spangled Avenger. There's a underscore under each one of those words. Uh, yeah, I usually just post like a variety of things. Most of, uh, most lately it's been a lot of anime stuff and workout stuff, but like, you know, I've got a bunch of figures behind me, um, action figures, toys, stuff like that. Vast amount of interest. Uh, yeah, you can come see me there. And Adam? Um, you'll see me most busy on Letterboxd under Curb Rider or search under Adam Ritchie. Um, Curb Rider with a K, K-E-R-B. Um, and I do, yeah, as you mentioned before, I write the monthly article for sippop.com uh, called 20th Century Flicks, where I talk about um, a movie from the 20th century and see if it holds up to today's standards and sensibilities. Um, on that note, let's uh, move on to Old Boy. 
Oh, sorry, real quick. Uh, Patreon.com slash SifPopWR if you guys are interested in early access to episodes. Uh, that's all done totally free over there, uh, um, like early access to episodes. There's other things for paid tiers, but um, yeah, check it out. Uh, now let's talk about Old Boy. Old Boy is a 2003 film directed by Park Chan-wook, uh, starring uh, Choi Min-sik. And sorry, I'm butchering names, just the <laughs> nature of Iowa. Um, after being kidnapped into prison for 15 Iowa. years, Oday Sao is released, only to find that he must find his captor in five days. Simplified version, but effective. Perfect, perfect little tease. Uh, should be worth noting that Old Boy is uh, the 73 highest rated film on IMDb and the 52nd highest rated film on Letterboxd. So, um, and I think it's that this film was most known for this like three minute wonder that it has. Um, that's yeah. awesome. So, uh, old boy, real quick, without spoiling how you feel about the movie, what is your history? How many times have you seen it? When's the last time you've seen it? Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Yeah. I want to say I saw this movie as a, as a recommendation. I, I, I probably saw it in college, I think for the first time, I think it was like in my mid twenties. Um, somebody recommended it because I'm into just cinema and anime and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I was floored by it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, from like a visual standpoint, cinematography here is like really snappy and like catchy, like the way they do things. Um, I feel like upon rewatching, I think, uh, as a lot, there's a lot of like things, hints to certain things that happen in the film, which are really great. It's a sign of great storytelling. Um, I think, I think, you know, director directed the hell out of it. Um, and I think Choi Min Sik is, is perfection in this movie. I think it's probably his best role. I've seen him other films, but like I think this is like his his quintessential role, like that people know him for. And yeah, I think the hallway scene, I think that's like the best one I've ever seen in any film. Period. Uh, I think it's my favorite. So it's close. I mean, I think that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to think like of other oneers. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of them are actually like simulated oneers, but like this is like yeah. a real legit like a real winner. Yeah. Again, especially in terms of like technical aspects, like my favorite one might actually be the whole movie rope, but um, which I know yeah. is actually split into like four or five different cuts. But, you know, in terms of a technical level, yeah, like this, it's hard to beat this one. Um, I really love the No Time to Die stairwell one. I think that one's really great. Um, and there's a really great one in Atomic Blonde that also is in the stairwell. Anyway, uh, Adam, real quick, your history with this movie. Um, well, I. I've seen this film first time January this year and I watched it again this morning before this podcast, but I knew the twist because I watched the Spike Lee version uh, before I saw the Korean version. So um, silly me. Um, but yeah, I yeah kind of just echoing some of Joe's comments, Park Chan-wook, I fell in love with him after watching Decision to Leave. He's such an inventive director and some of his shot choices and compositions are just really incredible. Um and yeah, this film is it's twist it's twisty and it's twisted. It's um it's something to behold. Nice. Um my history with this film is I saw it once in high school because I was trying to cross off like movies oh. that were in the IMDB top two fifty that I actually cared about. So no gone with the wind, no like <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Or movies that I'd never heard of that were in the top two fifty, like you know, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind or Cinema Paradiso or anything like that. And I, mm-hmm. I'd known of the wonder of Old Boy and wanted to reach out beyond Hollywood. And um, I watched it because it was on Netflix. And I remember thinking um, that it was good. Um, but I also remember not understanding the twists and having to look up what it was. I think I, I don't know if it was because maybe I was only half paying attention or like there, there there's not a lot to me like at least from like a costume design standpoint or anything 
it cost yeah like a character design makeup set all that production design that really separated any of the characters from me mm-hmm. so like everybody just kind of blended together and there's a big reveal about a certain character and who they actually are and i didn't get it <laughs> i it, <laughs> didn't, it didn't befall on me so uh, yeah. but that was just you know probably 17 year old me you know unchallenged with anything at life not have not knowing or whatever so anyway uh, and I think like that's a twist that just kind of sticks with you and you remember it. Um, it's one of those, even if you don't remember the movie, like you remember the one and you remember the twist and you're like, oh yeah, that's a all time twist. But, um, and I think, I think Joe, you're right. I think there is some elements of it that makes it really interesting for a rewatch because it's kind of right there in front of you sometimes without being like way obvious about it. Um, but, um, and we'll talk full spoilers eventually, but I'm still kind of dancing around it just in case anybody's on. So again, like, Maybe hop off after we give our official ratings. Um, if you haven't seen it yet and you when you want to go unspoiled. Uh, on the like it, love it, hate it, just like it, think it's just okay scale. I'm going to go really like it. I can't quite go into love it, I don't think. But I am I really like it and I respect the hell out of this movie. Uh, Adam, where do you land? Uh, I love it. I love it. It's not, Obviously, it's not, it's not a perfect film for me. And then you will generally take a few more watches. But yeah, I really love this one. Joe, where do you land? Lockerbie Mustard is... Yeah, I mean, I really love this film. It's not a movie that I revisit very often, just because everything we've mentioned, it's, it is very twisted and has like that's like a, it's kind of it kind of sets a tone for a lot of stuff that you'll see like later on, or like or like previous films that you'll see in like like Korean films. Like they're not always like super easy to watch, but like there's there's a lot of like raw emotion there. There's like a lot of like depth there, and uh, I feel like this film like kind of oozes that. So yeah, I really love it. Um, well. Let's dive into it. Um, I'm trying to decide where to start. I think maybe we've mentioned how good the Warner is. We, you know, Joe's mentioned how good the main actor is. I, Adam's mentioned how good the direction is. There's a lot to like really respect and love about this movie. I don't, I'm trying to like pinpoint the one thing that doesn't quite make me love it. I, I don't know if it's that like it feels out of place. Like, uh, not out of place. Sorry. It feels um, just sometimes narratively like it doesn't really know where it wants to go or like oh well let's get here before we get there because we can or whatever like we want to get to this action set piece or whatever um there's some elements to the plot where you just go like he just completely forgot that big major life event like all right like there is there's obviously a lot of like fantasy elements that this movie needs to believe but it also also wants to be like a gritty dirty reality um it's 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 got some of my least favorite like foreign cinema tropes in it just in terms of like mm. some of the way it's shot now i'm pretty sure this movie started them and then they became tropey mm. afterwards mm-hmm. um like especially in some of the ways that like the characters respond or like um w- certain ways that things are done but i i'm also just i look i i'm really not trying to be aaron dicer but vengeance just does nothing for me anymore like i just I'm not like I'm I'm not trying to be like a virtue signaler or anything like that but like I watched I watched Silent I mentioned I watched Silent Night earlier on this podcast I I wound up really hating the last like 20 minutes of the movie like I was like it's fine and then the movie ends and I'm like it just ends like and I'm not really spoiling anything but I'm like there is no struggle of whether or not our person is doing the right thing there is no it's not even asking us to question it like we are the the filmmaker's perspective is um to that we should be rooting for this guy to go on a murderous rampage through for a bunch of people you know like because of a stray bullet in a gang like it's 
And look, I really loved May's Sif Pop review. I think it brought a lot of like counter to that. But like the movies, that, to me, that movie's message was vengeance is a good thing and vengeance will satisfy you or whatnot. And like it, like here's where the movie really pissed me off. There's a moment where his wife realizes what she's done and she kind of looks at him proud like. And I'm like, no, like he's a monster. So like there is a part of me here that is just left in this story where it's like we are supposed like. First of all, the villain is is going through really drastic measures to make this guy's life hell. For 15 years, he imprisons him, but then he just goes crazy and like is ripping people's teeth out and is talking this guy to this guy who's about to jump. And then he gets to share his side of the story and then he just leaves. I'm like, I don't want to root for that guy. That guy jumped off a building with his dog. Like the dog's dead, too. He killed the dog. I can't like him. Anyway, like I, that's just me being. I, I think there is an element to that. I'm I'm really trying not to be um too much of a like virtue preacher or anything like that. Um, I mean the I virtue think the, signaler. That's the word. I just I the idea of vengeance in general just does nothing for me anymore. I want my vengeance to be at least slightly nuanced. You know. I mean, but the vengeance in here is really nuanced because the vengeance yeah. is he's like, hey, you can either have vengeance. Or very early on, he's like, "Hey, you can just kill me now, or you won't be able to find out at all." And the thing is, vengeance get the message here is like, vengeance gets you nowhere. It gets nobody anywhere in this film. You're right. No, that's it's a very (laughs) bleak ending. It's a very nobody is happy in the end. You're right. Like it's not like glorify. There's no glorification of of that at all. Like in my opinion, the only one happy is the one who's clueless to the whole thing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, No, I just I guess like. I, I, I think that, you're right. I think ultimately the movie does go in that. Uh, all right. Full disclosure. I told them before um, I didn't get to finish this movie to time constraints um, because my own doing, it's not like a, it's a, I lost track of time and then didn't get to finish it before I had to go to work today. Um, so like I, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly coming to this review from the first hour of this film, knowing the last 20 minutes, but uh, everything that I say has an asterisk next to it. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Oh, so you're right. The ending compare. very much says the the ending of the movie very much says violence gets you nowhere or vengeance gets you nowhere. I don't know. I guess just still like there's so much just need needless brutality in the first hour and a half of the movie. And but isn't that the same as I just want to I just want to push back on that because people love John Wick for exactly the reasons you just said. It's not John Wick for me. That's not nuance. That's just that's just a video game. Especially the more those that's that's series moves on like i love one two and i'd really like three number four did nothing for me because that's just that's just like watching a video game from the 80s walking scrolling from left to right on the screen beating the shit out of people um with no nuance it's purely there for vengeance for the fourth time this guy's been put through the ring he's still alive he's basically a superhero michael myers at the moment but <laughs> I mean, he, he is Baba Yaga, so he is the boogeyman too. So that I, makes sense. Oh, whoa, guys! <laughs> let's let's stop talking before Blumhouse gets an idea. Uh, right. I, I, I think mean, I, I think to an extent you're right. I don't know. I, I guess I just maybe I just watch John Wick different than you. I'm I'm more interested in the world building yeah. elements of John Wick than I am. Yeah, the I really the cool action place, sequences. Yeah. But I'm also yeah. like. I watched John John Wick four and I love it because I'm like, this is a guy fighting on a necessity because you can tell in every fight, like he doesn't want to fight anybody. He just wants to retire mm. or die. Like he, he, uh, survived. he, he doesn't want to be back in this world. He, he quit. And, and there's yeah. a part of him that can't stay out of the world. And so he's just trying to, 
he's just trying to get to the end of his life or the end of his career, like whatever definitive end. Like so that's with what the old he's trying boy, to do. So, but, but with the old boy, he's trying to find who locked him up and why. He's his main reason is yeah. Why, he, lo- so. I mean, he lost fifteen years of his life, and like his wife died yeah. during that time, and that's kind of remember Stockholm or something. Like yeah, he's and he's been he's pretty much he literally he looks like and feels like a wild animal. And there there is a yeah. scene in this there is a scene in this film where he like he assaults somebody immediately. Oh, the bathroom scene. Yeah, he immediately assaults her and like. She's like, it's okay, and like yeah. basically talks to him like he's a child or like an animal. Like I yeah, did that scene. That scene gave me ick vibes. <laughs> it, well, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's supposed to. Like it's like it's know, to, it's yeah. like next time, you know, don't don't mind my resistance. Go for it anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> you see, nope. when he's first released, though, he's like he's he's been without human contact for 15 years. Well, how, that's, how that scene we, of him in the so elevator with the other woman, <laughs> like yeah, this clearly yeah. average-looking woman, and he's as, like as he's bracing to be like, oh. or yeah, or like, or like when he when he sees the the guy jumping right, and he like grabs his hand, is like rubbing yeah, on his exactly. face to like human yeah. contact. It's like these like little these things that they add to the film are just like that is so real and accurate. Like it's how somebody building. would be, yeah, it's character yeah. building. Like yeah. like you said, like John Wick at this point, even though like I haven't seen the fourth film it does get like really video gamey and I get it. Like he's yeah. supposed to be kind of ethereal at this point. And like little by little, they chip away and make him more human. You know what I mean? A little bit, but like this guy is like 100% from the get go. The first introduction to his character, he's just a drunk jerk getting kicked around by the cops. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more relatable yeah. than like this, like schlubby dude just getting beat around. You know what I mean? For getting too drunk. So like, I mean, yeah. I've never been beaten around because I'm, you know, so drunk. Maybe, maybe that's like again. I'm trying to process. I'm trying to talk through with you guys why this movie didn't quite make it and I love it. And I, I guess I rescind the whole like vengeance thing for me because you're right. The movie's end message is that vengeance nowhere. Maybe that's just it. Like I don't relate with this main character at all. Like he's he's he again. He's he's what I mentioned earlier. Where like the movie wants to feel grounded in reality, but then it also does like fantastical things. It's just Japanese cinema or Korean cinema or what, like definitely Korean. Uh, but like, it's just Eastern Asian cinema tropes that this movie, it's a lot more grounded than some of the older, you know, this, this is clearly a step forward from like the Bruce Lee era. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then movies for the next yeah. 20 years tried to copy old boy until we got, the raid? Well, maybe. Yeah, the oh, raid that's is, Indonesia. I mean, that's not even. It's it's also based no. off a of manga too, so it has that too. Like it's actually based off of like pre-existing material. There, so. There's also a lot of moments in this film that like you can really feel like oh the, he just kind of takes a comic book panel. I mean that one or like really feels like a comic book panel. Yeah. You know? Well, it's yeah, it can make me one at a time type of fight. Like that's that's the same as what John Wick does. It's... It, 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 it's it's a very effective way to illustrate that point that like mm. he he's finding spacing. It's a hallway, but we're seeing through the hallway, so it's like it's a very narrow space. And he's like, "Oh, the only way I can fight you guys, like you said, is one at a time." So like, he learns <laughs> after he gets stabbed, like I need to get on the other side, <laughs> like let them come in. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't know. I, I love how effective and like just how real it is. Like because it, it's a skirmish. It's not like a choreo- highly choreographed thing. These guys get tired over time. Like they're real people. Like it's not like. Mm. You see some films like, man, those guys are going at it for like two hours. Like, there's just no way that they're not like huffing and puffing after that. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just really it's interesting. It's also a surprising but... lack of. I, I kind of remember there being a lot more fighting after my first watch, but watching it today, like, I was surprised by there's actually quite a lack of that physical violence. There's also like mental, three mental big violence. scenes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, I guess if you come from watching like a Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan movie where it's constant, like I watched Drunken Master here a couple of weeks ago, and that's just 
pretty much 24 hours a day non-stop choreography yeah. fighting ballet fighting it's incredible but for this there's a lot more there's so much story in this and so much character growth and that's that's i think that's what holds it up for me yeah i think it's like bare to me it's like barely like when i see it as action films like it's barely an action film to me to yeah me, it's like yeah yeah it's more like a like a mystery drama it's a psychological thriller yeah. right yeah with really well done action sequence yeah they got some yeah. cool fights because like the guy just happened to watch a couple of boxing matches for 15 years and like started knowing how to fight. He, he trained himself <laughs> to beat people up. Yeah. And I love, I yeah. love that scene where he, where he tests his skills by just going picking on those boys. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks down the stairs and steals the cigarette. It's just like, all right, let's see if I've got it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's so, it's so good. Yeah. I, I really hate to like, just keep coming back to this. I just like, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to maybe like put into words because I don't know quite why I couldn't go, couldn't get into love it. Again, I guys really like this movie. I just couldn't quite get into love it, and I, I, I probably does just come down to like it's, it's okay. If, it's okay if you don't. Like we're just having yeah, a conversation. No, 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 no. I, I feel, I feel dumb. How dare you not love this movie? No, I feel dumb <laughs> not for not loving the movie, but for not no. being able to articulate why, especially for a movie that is oh. relatively universally beloved. Like. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out a way that I can more accurately like convey why I feel like I really liked it. But what's that one thing holding me back? I wonder if it is that like he is, but again, it's by nature of his, of the, of the movie itself. Like the 15 years, it's a really effective, like kind of montage, not really montage of, of showing him in the cell. We really feel like we're there for 15 years with him, even though it's actually like 15 minutes. Like you can, you can slowly see him like mentally deteriorating, um, you know, like to the point where he gets out and he's an, he like, he's an animal. He's not a man anymore. Like he's, you're right. He's like touching the guy's face again. That scene yeah. in the elevator just had me rolling. Um, <laughs> and then the so um, his motivations, that, that's the thing. Like he, they make part makes us fully aware of why he, goes about what he's doing it doesn't just skip to a scene and go okay now he's gonna well like i just i think the movie does a really good job at breaking him down i just Mm. i guess i just don't really want to root for a guy that's more animal than man you know like at least again to me and john wick there's a lot of humanity to him still too you know and yeah exactly for your reasons adam like john wick chapter three is my least favorite i think that's most people's favorite um it's my least favorite because to me that one is just straight up video game pew pew shooty shooty um mm. and it's certainly like one of the coolest looking but um but but to me it has the least depth out of the four of them and uh yeah. um yeah no i just like I, I don't know maybe i feel comfortable like kind of leaving that where that is because i do want to move on to like actually praising the movie i think there's again i respect the hell out of this movie i just want i just think to me maybe like there is like i don't really want and, and man this is the other thing too like going back and knowing how this movie ends like i really don't maybe, maybe this is part of it too right because like joe you mentioned like there's some times where like it's it's getting a little bit more clear or they're kind of hinting at where the ending is going i don't think anybody could piece together the ending um on their first watch i mean they could maybe have an mm-hmm. idea of like all right this person is something like this this something you know maybe they're like uh we're in full spoilers at this point so like maybe this person is like i i, I don't think i don't know if it's know. even super possible to a certain extent at a certain point because they don't really tip their hand on, no, either, I think, on either end like i think you uh, could get to this person is clearly more than just a stranger 
potentially even this, but you're right. I don't think you can get to, oh, the girl that he impregnated is his daughter. Like, um, like I don't think you could get there on your own, the first watch. But again, it is one of those, and may, maybe because the message of the movie is that vengeance kind of gets him nowhere. Like, I'm not rooting for our hero along the way because... Like, I know that it doesn't end well for him, right? And like, I, like that's a really, man, that, but that's, but, th- but that exact premise sounds like something that I would love. <laughs> I, I think, I think the thing is, too, like, I don't know, I don't know if you're really meant to root for him at all. Like, you, you kind of think <sighs> no, in the film that, no. there's a, that there's going to be some type of redemption arc through his vengeance, right? But yeah, there, sure. But there isn't. <laughs> or, or at least, so, yes, if not, at least, if, if not uh, redemption, then at least, like, um, it's complete opposite justice, of redemption. Right? Because he chooses to be hypnotized so he can forget that she's his daughter so they can then be happy and in love. That's the whole... So there's definitely no redemption. Like, he doesn't... He chooses the wrong yeah. thing. Yeah, the, I think I think, I think think a problem for a lot of folks that watch this film, there really isn't anybody. To, everybody has their own agenda. So maybe, so maybe Every, that's it, right? Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. a hero of their own story, so to speak. Like, yeah. the villain himself, like, he accomplishes what he needs to do, right? But he's not happy in the end. There's no, yeah. they're, they're all, there's no, then there's plenty of films with that example, though. I'm not going to try and name my head, but there's plenty of films where there's no good guy in it. Right. Well, and, that, and, and specifically, those stories are stories that I never liked. That's my biggest problem with Breaking Bad is there's not a single mm. character in there that I want to come out on top. And I know that people are like, yeah, that's the point. And I'm like, that's not something I want to spend 50 hours <laughs> like, you know, like. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, I want to root for somebody. You know, I want to root for Walt's kid. And then he's a douchebag by season three. And he's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Skyler is the most annoying person in the world. And, hey, I should root Second for Hank because he's a DEA agent. <laughs> he's the good guy. And Hank's yeah. a piece of crap. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, you to me, like, so, so, Joe, maybe that's it. Maybe, like, there's really nobody that I want to root for in this. And I don't, I can never love something where like you where where the movie ends and you're like oh I don't want anybody to come out on top you know like at mm. least in in like Tarantino or Coen Brothers movies you know like a lot of times I'm like anybody can win and I'll be happy like you know like Hateful Eight yeah. you're like however this turns out I'm here for it I'm go- like I love Hateful Eight you're like Inglorious yeah. Bastards you're like obviously the Nazis <laughs> have to die I don't care how it happens like um you know but I- i'm rooting for aldo rain you know the entire pretty- time even though he's a very questionable character um you know but or like uh or like even like coen brothers like burn after reading i'm like or fargo you're like yeah i want these guys to win or like you know i, I don't want this guy to win you know this guy's a bad person or whatever i don't have you're right there's there's not that here and i just i don't like stories that don't have one person to root for and i've seen pushback on people saying you don't have to actually like anybody or root for anybody in your in your thing and i'm like maybe that's just <clears throat> me like wanting it, it, to me movies are partly an escape from reality or or like they could be an escape from reality they could be a reflection of reality they could be whatever and i'm just i'm tired of hating everyone like like everything <laughs> i'm saying right now makes me sound like an optimist guys i'm a i'm the i'm a, I'm a huge pessimist um especially in terms of like the character of people you know like uh mm. like i so like I, I guess I guess I just want movies like where I want to just root for the underdog, root for the person over. Yeah, that's why I love Whiplash, man. Because by the end, like that last those last moments, you're just like, man, like is Fletcher vindicated? No, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. Clo- he's closer than I thought he would be. Um, yeah, well, you know, people watch movies for different reasons, and you know, I have yeah, yeah, uh, personal connections. That's why 
be so many podcasts about movies because everyone has a different opinion, a different reason why they like it or hate it. So, you know, you're right. Just one of those. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Joe, I think, I think, I think that's it, right? You're, yeah, because I mean, you guys, you guys are saying like you, you don't root for him either. And I mean, you're okay with that. And I'm like, I'm just not like, I need, I need somebody. I need, I, I need a, I need a cop following all this that I could be like, yes, please stop his madness before this gets out of hand. Like, you know, I need to, I, the thing is, I don't, I don't want him to achieve what he's going to achieve, but it doesn't mean I don't like him. I like his yeah. character. Yeah. I think he's funny. He's human. He's endearing, but he's also just completely selfish and like, you know, I mean, at the beginning of the film, he's he's terrible. He's just drunk. It's yeah. on his yeah. it's on his daughter's birthday. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's just yeah. irresponsible. And when, like when he when he starts like, I'm just gonna write down anybody that might have that might want to do this to me, and he fills up like seven journals worth. Yeah, yeah, because he's <laughs> just yeah. dude, that line person. where he's like, I used to think I was just a, like I, I, like I was a normal average guy, and now I realize like I'm practically the devil. Like, I was, man, that mm-hmm. line that's a that's an excellent. There's line. some great lines in this movie. It's yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I think he. I think he is relatable. Like fra- fractions of himself yeah. are like kind of pieces of ourselves, like in small degrees. You know what I mean? We, sometimes people do things that aren't so great. You know what I mean? They're like, it's, oh, it's, like I didn't really think that that was that big a deal, but like you know, those things can have like huge effects. And like he's yeah. He I mean, I, I, think becomes, way, yeah. I think you can find a way to empathize with him. I mean, he was locked up for fifteen years without knowing, and then he was duped into having relations with his daughter. I mean, that would make you angry. Both of those <laughs> things would make you into a psycho and want to hurt people. And that's, for me, that's relatable. And not that you would, you know, who knows what you'd do if you were put in that situation, but that's relatable for someone to be put through that and seek vengeance. I mean, I don't think that's the whole point of the movie is that it's just, it's entertaining, but it's meant to make you feel things, whether it's good or bad. And that's what all films should do. If they make you feel something, then that's a, I think that's a win. Um, I respect the hell out of this movie. I I think it's shot really well. I think the action scenes are choreographed really well, especially for 2003. Like we're mm. here, we're, you know, in the States, we're getting, you know, the, the most edited down extreme close-ups, like, you know, cuts. yeah, like, like, you know, mm. M- MCU stuff in 2003, right? Yeah. Like, um, we're getting, we're getting that kind of stuff. There's really great actions here. There's really great choreography. I think, a lot of the set design is really like interesting. And I don't, I don't like, it's not typically these areas of, you know, uh, Eastern Asia that we see, right. We're used to in Hollywood seeing the pretty areas, you know, um, the cinematic, the gorgeous stuff, right. Like I, I kind of like being in the slums, you know, and yeah. um, everywhere just looks terrible. I'm like, Oh, are they in New York? Like, um, you know, like where the cockroaches <laughs> and rats are infested or, you know, like, um, like I kind of, like, I kind of like being in, in that place, but there's also like lots of uniquely like unique t- cultural touches. I think it's a really, uh, interesting, really interesting to look at movie. I, I, I very much, I very much loved watching the movie. Um, and, and, and two hours, like, again, speaking from somebody that didn't fully finish it for time constraints that were my own fault. Like if this movie were to be made today, it'd be two hours and 45 minutes yeah. like by, by a Hollywood director, you know? Yeah whether that's somebody who's notorious for long films like Denis Villeneuve or whatever, like if this movie was made today, I like, I'm shocked that I'm pretty sure the old boy was shorter. Like the Spike Lee one. Probably. I don't know. I, I saw that one not long afterwards and I was like, it's fine, but it's, it's not as bad as people Hour 44. It's not as bad as people say it is, but yeah. there's no reason to watch that uh, one over the original. Yeah, um, there's just, there's just no purpose. Like, cause it pretty there's, much, there's the movie doesn't have a reason to exist other than 
make a foreign film for people that don't want to watch subtitles. And in that case, just those yeah. people. That's essentially what um, they did, yeah. So, and also like, yeah, I just looked up hour 44. So I don't know yeah. what, I don't know what's missing there. I'm sure there's some of it, but either way, like, um, it's only one example where a remake from a, an Asian movie has been turned out better. And um, that was the departed by a long way. Yeah. Cause like, um, it, yeah. Cause like infernal affairs was like, a, was like a, was a pretty big film, but then like the yeah. departed is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's a huge deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Infernal yeah. Affairs is good. But Departed is incredible. Yeah, no, no offense, no offense to them, but like, yeah, the Departed is, um, it's pretty amazing. Well, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think you're right. I was trying to think of any other example. I was like, surely there's got to be one. And yeah, I, I think that's like that's like the prime example I think of because I've seen both mm-hmm. films. I'm like, I like it. I like Infernal Affairs, but like, yeah, the yeah, cast, yeah, especially like Jack Nicholson and yeah, you could. Uh-huh. I don't want to go too off a tangent, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, either way, like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of transition to us to like a little bit more of a love fest for the movie because I want to emphasize, really liked the movie, but yeah, like my point being, if this film was made today, it would not be two hours long. Like it, it's, it's kind of the perfect runtime. Again, as somebody who it is, yeah, watched the first two thirds, you know. Um, I mean, it's all down to like the writing, the directing, the editing. Like, it's all like very tight, like. There's, there's not a lot of fat to be had, really. Well, and it, it also like it. It lets us live in this world, right? It lets us live in the um, like in his shoes, right? Where we kind of we only briefly get to see him, but we do get to see him in his prison cell. He's reflecting on how bad of a person he is, and like I said, that like it really feels like we're in there for 15 years with him, or at least we can see him for 15 years. You know, we can see him slowly digress. And then he comes out and like, it does take, it, it takes halfway through the movie for him to even figure out who his captor was, right? Like yeah. it, the, the movie, that's why I said the, 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 the IMDB thing where it, uh, where it says like, um, uh, he must find his captor in five days. It's like surface level. Sure. But it's no, he, you know, his captor has given him five days to figure out why he captured him. Like, yeah. You know, like that's really what the movie is, and mm. um, but but even then, that doesn't kick in until 45, 50 minutes in this two-hour movie. Like, but even that is like very simple surface-level stuff. Like that's just yeah, the, yeah. that's just to get you to the situation at hand and to get you to like the moral of what the story is. Like, yeah. Well, and even this letterboxed one, right? Like, uh, with no clue how he became imprisoned, drugged to torture for fifteen years, a desperate businessman seeks revenge on his captors. But it's like, no, it's like. No, it's it's even way more complex than that. And even before you get to the twisty stuff, like just the basic premise is triply triply as complex as that, right? Because there's the whole like like that scene where he's like, "You could kill me now, but then you don't have your answers." You know, like I'm not gonna you you I'm happy to die now if you find the answer. I'll kill myself in five days, like, and you'll win. Mm. You don't even have to fight me, right? Like that's what he said. You know, uh, if you find out the truth, I'll do it. So. um so you'll have the truth and my death. Boom. You get everything you want. And he gets nothing. But uh, yeah. we've been over that. So, um, I mean, kind of gets what he wants. It's just not the way he wants it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> sorry. Um, what else do you guys want to, like, talk about for this movie? Or do you have anything else to say? I, I mean, like. Like I, I know we've covered a lot, but like there's and there's probably more we could cover, and I just don't know what else what else yeah, there nothing, is, you know. Nothing springs to mind for me. <clears throat> I would just say if you do like this, at least like it, check out his other films because I've not 
seen one of his movies that I don't like um, or, or love. Um, the hand, his movie The Handmaiden is better than this, um, in my opinion. And that's a twisty, turny, incredibly directed film. Um, yeah. I know we're not on to recommend yet, but that's not my recommend. Thanks. <laughs> nice. yeah, Joe, anything else you want to say? Yeah, his other films and projects are really great. Um, yeah, I think overall, like, if you're interested in this, like, a good recommendation would be, like, um, I Saw the Devil. Um, if you're into revenge <laughs> films, especially Korean cinema, that's a really extreme mm-hmm. film. If you think this is extreme, there's there's a lot of extreme stuff that happens in that film, so uh, be a little wary of it, but um, very I good. Blu-ray. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched yeah, it. it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, I would mm. recommend that. But like, yeah, um, yeah. After re after rewatching this, I think I'm gonna go back and actually um, read the manga. Uh, I'm gonna find it, see what the key differences are. If there was any differences, if there was influence on like the one or like any shots in this. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested to go back and kind of read the source material to see if there's. I guess it's like, about adapting a manga. It's kind of the movie's already storyboarded for you to a certain degree, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's uh, this is based off the manga. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Retroactively do it. Yeah, very metal like, kind of like a like a Scott Pilgrim thing, like <laughs> not as extreme. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, let's move then uh, to some other foreign films, foreign action films that we love. Uh, I'm coming at this from like a purely Eastern Asian, but for, totally forgot that. Yeah, Adam is in a different part so, uh, of the world. So whatever you guys, <laughs> however you chose to define based off of what I said, foreign action films uh, is good by me. Um, so uh, no, no structure to this necessarily. Just what, what are some of the ones that you guys want to mention? What are some of your favorite uh, foreign action films? Um, I'll kick us off since we already mentioned it. Um, I really like infernal affairs. I, I agree with you guys. I do like the departed more. Um, but I was surprised at like I really liked Infernal Affairs. I th- I thought either somehow I was gonna like Infernal Affairs better, or it was just gonna not even come close. And I was like, I really like it, but I love The Departed. Yeah. Um. I I think at the very least, Infernal Affairs is worth mentioning. And if you if you love The Departed, you should love Infernal Affairs. I've only seen the first one, but I want to check out two and three. Um. Because The Departed is is a remake of all three of them. The first one is missing some things that the. De- yeah, that the, the Departed includes because Infernal Affairs two and three came out before The Departed, mm-hmm. so um, so there is some things in there, not a, not a ton. Most of it's from the first movie, but either way, um, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, so I just wanted to throw out Infernal Affairs. That's a really big one for me. So, uh, what else do you guys want to throw out? Um, well, I came at I, I did. I, I could have easily cheated and come at it and just said Die Hard. That's a fun film for me. <laughs> we don't make action movies in Australia, but I know I came at it from a similar perspective as in um, Asian cinema. But I also am going to count Europe because I want to include the Bond films. Um, it's particularly um, I have a really soft spot for the um, Pierce Brosnan era of Bond films because they were films I used yeah. to watch with my dad in the movies, and I was a bit more uneducated about film back then. And I, but I still love those films for what they are. They're amazing. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll lead off with those anyway. Sure, Joe. What's the first one you'll throw out? Oh uh, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm gonna throw out um, Thirteen Assassins. Um, yeah, I really love this film. It's a great homage to like old samurai films, especially like um, like Seven Samurai and you know, uh, you know all the all the all the older kind of like samurai films. So yeah, Thirteen Assassins, great film. It's the it's the same director who directed Ishii the Killer. So got some nice, nice twisted stuff in there. So um i mean i have to th- throw out the raid and the raid 2 they're yeah. th- th- these would easily top my list of my favorite 
uh, inc- yeah. including old boy. These would easily top my list. Mm. I, I am a preferer of the raid as opposed to the raid two. I think the raid two is, has some pacing issues and is very long, especially mm-hmm. if you, especially if you want to watch the raid and the raid two back to back, like they're very different, like paced movies. And I just prefer the like in and out hour and 40 minutes of high intensity action and not much room to breathe. Like I just prefer that. Um, to the really awesome um, movie that is the raid two, but um, I, I mean, we have to shout them out. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally yeah. agree on that. I, I feel like the simplicity yeah. of the plot of the first film really just added to that. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it just, absolutely. It just worked really well. Yeah. I'll third that number on my list as well. Um, I'm going to throw out like horror. I like a bit of comedy with my horror. So I like a bit of comedy with my action as well. So I'm going to throw out Kung Fu Hustle, uh, the Stephen Chow. Film. So good. That film's so just good. so. I, I, I'm pretty sure we can't swear on here, but goddamn, that movie is so funny. <laughs> it's just. I'll allow it. That's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, yeah, without saying anymore, it's just a hilarious, like um, almost like a throwback to old martial art films, even you know, like a bit of Bruce Lee satire type thing. So yeah, I'll yeah, I, I love how there. they get like very like slapsticky like kind of wacky with like but also it's like kind of serious how their styles work you know what i mean it, yeah. it feels like it feels like if they were going to do dragon ball z like it would be like <laughs> it'd be steven like of course like it'd been rumored that steven chow would work on that project and you can see why like it just really adds all that yeah. like that, that comical with the like the really like really great um martial arts set pieces but like yeah <laughs> um i'll throw out yip man um the the, mm. the whole trilogy i haven't seen <laughs> yeah. the fourth one i just like, it's the first one to me is my favorite. I think the second one like has maybe better action. Like man, that the the the, the round table fight sequence from oh, Yip Man Two, it's, it's amazing. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, but I love the story of the first one, and I think that three is like really underseen or underrated. Like because I was expecting like oh surely they can't be good anymore. It's like nope, it's still great. I just haven't seen the fourth one, um, but it's one of those where it's like it's been so long since I've seen the first three. I want to like rewatch them leading up to the fourth and just do a big marathon. But um, if I had to pick these, the first Yip Man would probably be my second favorite, like for an action film of all time. Again, even including Old Boy. Um, I love that first one. And I really, really, really like the second and third one. I think there's just like the first one kind of no, like it does is just doing something. And then the second just kind of like figures out. And it has a little bit more fun with it. Like, is is the second one the one that has Mike Tyson, or is that three? The, the third one has Mike Tyson. Okay, so like obviously, like the the movies are a little bit different, right? Because it had yeah, third one has Mike Tyson. The second one I feel like has somebody. Um, <clears throat> it, like it, again, to get a little bit more like out of there, you know. Um, anyway, and it's of course it's Donnie Yen, so it's going to be great. And Donnie Yen is yeah. my idol for foreign cinema. I mean, um, yeah, you have yeah, I mean, you have Samuel Hung, like. One of like yep. one of the biggest, you know, I mean, martial arts like cinema people. So like him playing opposite of like Donnie Yen was like a huge deal. So yeah. That anyway, was... I, I really like the first three Yip Man movies. I haven't seen the fourth one. Apparently, they're coming out with a fifth one, but they've also done a couple of like spinoffs that I've just been told to avoid. Um, like there's, there's like a, a prequel. Series, I see. Fun yeah, fact. only only watch the ones with Donnie Yen is what I've been told. And yeah, I, I haven't I haven't been only watch gone ones with wrong. Donnie Yen. Yeah, only watch those ones. But um, fun little fact: Have you guys ever seen Ricky O? The... No. Okay. No. Well, anyways, uh, it's kind of like a cult cult classic, cult hit. It's like based off an anime. But anyways, a Lewis fan who plays one of the characters. Like, remember he's like kind of the bad guy who's like picking on all like the smaller like martial arts clubs and like taking them out. 
he is like the hero of that that film but it's like it's really they showed like conan o'brien a lot but like heads exploding thing a lot but like <laughs> anyways yeah he's in that film but uh, Nice. Okay. Um. Anyway, I just I really wanted to throw out Yip Man. I love these movies. Um. And it's it's a kung fu movie. It's it's about the guy that trained Bruce Lee. But it's obviously a lot more than that. Um. Um. Somebody else want to throw out one? Yeah. For um. I put Battle Royal. Um. Uh, Battle Royal. Um. Yeah. yeah but, uh, that I might as well. Uh, based based off a book. Um. They had a manga later. But um. But yeah. I, I just. That's an I love games. It. Yeah, I, I love the overall premise. Like, it just all really works. Um, the characters are pretty interesting, even though, like, in the movie they're a little surface level. But it kind of just works for the film to kind of make it kind of move along faster. But um, yeah, I can't say more than a good enough things about Battle Royale. The sequel, not so great, but the original very solid. Yeah, I saw the first one in high school. I but I just bought it because it was five bucks on Black Friday. I'm really really excited to check it out. I remember kind of just like you said, it's it's really surface level, but it's really good. It's it's just, obviously this came out before, but it's essentially like if the Hunger Games was made in Korea or Japan or in Japan. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the the overall necessity for it is like really cool, and like the world building around Battle Royale. Like as you get more into it, it's like super interesting. It's like basically population control and like taking yeah. away people's freedom. So it's like very like. <laughs> so it's a lot more like simplistic Hunger Games, but also way more brutal. Um, and it's again, it's, yeah. it's a very straightforward plot that, yeah, it, I didn't really get invested in any of the characters, which is why I didn't particularly like it. But I do remember thinking, yeah. And so I did have it actually on my list of like, yeah, like um, essentially my my goal for my list is just to kind of put together people if they're like, oh, I've been interested in getting into foreign action cinema. Like, where should I start my watch list? That's kind of Asia. Yeah. This um, so has turned into a an Asian love affair. So I'm going to stick with that and talk about uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. We can kind of mm. call it an action film, right? When you were supposed uh, to be on for this a couple months ago. Yes, I was, I was. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, scheduled conflicts, sadly. Um, yeah, that's all good. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, uh, I don't know. There's just so much to say about it. Michelle Yeo is fantastic. Ang Lee directing is, does incredible work. I remember watching that for the first time when it came out. And just when they're hopping through the trees, kind of blew me away on the, you know, the wire the wire stunts which gave us the matrix i think after that and yeah there's a lot to say about crouching tiger um i'll throw it out briefly partly because it's on the next month next year's uh sif pop writer's room schedule um but like you can't talk about foreign action films and not mention train to busan uh yeah it's it's awesome um it's it's really good Uh, um one of the best zombie movies ever I would love to like include. I think I, I think I can. Um, it's definitely not a straight action film, but there is certainly a good amount of action in it. But the the thing about it is that the action is actually the the worst part of the movie. Um, but one cut of the dead. Um, I, w- I didn't have it on my list, but since we're talking, you're talking about like great zombie foreign films. Like I love one cut of the dead, but it's like the actual like zombie killing stuff is by far the worst part of the movie. Like the actual like the movie. The first 30 minutes are the, my least favorite part of the movie, but then it's kind of in three acts and the second and third acts are just remarkable. Um, I don't think I've heard of that. It's, yeah, I need to watch it. I heard it's, I heard, I heard it's really good. Oh boy. Like I'm trying to convince you to watch it without like telling you what the movie actually is. No, no, I, yeah. I don't, I don't need to tell you anything. Just, it's just, just please trust me. Wait until act two 
It's and it's gonna be like forty minutes. I was about to turn the movie off, and then and then mm-hmm. it, and something happened, and I was like, "Hold up!" And then I wound up like really loving. It. I was about to be like, "Guys, this just isn't for me. I don't like it very much. It's fine." But then the rest of the movie happens. But you should really check that one out. Um, so anyway, just mentioning Train to Busan and Joe. One that we have talked a lot about is just Hero um, Jet Li. Um, probably the most visually stunning uh, Eastern Asian action film I've ever seen. Not, not probably, definitely. Yeah, it's a beautiful film. So, um, I only have uh, one more to mention, and that's Hard Boiled, which is largely yeah. cited as like the grandfather of like action, the way the action was done from like the mid to late nineties up until john wick or so like uh, it revolutionized shootouts because like shootouts would be yeah. like point a to point b right you see right point person shoot at point b and then point b shoots at whatever but like this is just like oh no we're gonna have the camera follow this guy as he just goes through and like does like all these crazy stunts and then we're gonna do slow-mo and then these things are gonna explode in the background and like just wild hard, stuff at the time hard-boiled <laughs> is one of those movies that you like you just gotta watch just to appreciate what he's doing with the camera I just there's not much in the story that I particularly grasped onto, um, and so I was like, "Oh man, I, I wanted to like this more." But like at the very least, like you can watch it and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, what was this made in like 2002, 2003, like 1992? Oh my god!" Um, like that's kind it's of awesome. me. Um, I'm done, and again, that's kind of just like my initial. I have two more movies to mention, but I just haven't seen them. But again, my goal is like to help a listener potentially build up their like, "All right, what are the must to um, so I just have a t- I, I want to let you guys throw a couple more out there, but I just have two movies that I own I just haven't seen yet. Yeah, I got like a bunch on this list, but like, yeah, I mentioned earlier, like I saw The Devil um, is really good. Um, if you're into revenge films, it's got like horror elements, it's got like action elements, like uh, mystery elements, like it's got a lot to it. Uh, Korean film, also The Man from Another uh, Nowhere, another Korean film, another kind of like kind of revenge piece, or like basically the main character is like trying to find redemption. Nice little redemption story. Um, so that's really cool. Um, yeah, and then last but not least, I'll put um, Fist of Legend. We are talking about Wu Ping uh, earlier as far as fight, fight choreography for um, Crush Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's kind of like where he kind of like got mm-hmm. his uh, got his big start, like get started really getting noticed. Uh, Fist of Legend with uh, Jet Li. So, yeah. I'll mention two more. One I watched recently, um, Drunken Master. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the, in the podcast, Jackie Chan. That's just, it's just a beautiful thing to watch, actually. And, I, and my simple letterbox review was on that was, Jackie Chan greater than Bruce Lee because uh, I watched Enter the Dragon I think the day before uh, and just the way he goes about Jackie Chan is just it's just masterful watching him it's just so it's really clever and it's also funny clever in some strange way to me like I find a lot of it how amazing it is to watch what he's doing it, it makes me laugh in like a really an emotional way like I'm just so happy to see what's going on it's, it's weird it's a weird feeling I don't know how to describe it to be honest um but the next one I'm going to talk about yeah is, but just watch once you watch Yip Man now you'll be like yeah. Donnie Yen greater than <laughs> greater Jackie than, Chan yeah. greater than Bruce Lee to, you know like <laughs> yeah definitely on the list so it's hard boiled um the last one I want to mention is a movie I just I think it's the greatest comedy of all time it's only 30 minutes short you've probably seen it it's on YouTube for free Kung Fury yeah, Kung Fury, <laughs> and there's supposed to be a feature link coming out this year. It was. Um, I'm not really excited for that. I think 30 minutes is perfect. Oh, it's Kung Fury is just the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing ever made. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's it blows me away. 
I'm yeah, but the fact that it's it. only thirty minutes, like I think, I think earns it a lot of charm. I think, I, I think should, if it was triple the runtime, I might be like, all right, this is getting tired. I feel like I should have. I feel like I was in the right audience and the right people. I should have worn one of like my ten Kung Fury shirts. That I, have. <laughs> I love, uh, really. I saw Kung Fury yeah. once. I loved I'll, it. I'll post them uh, after. I'll take a bunch of pictures of them and post them like sometime. But yeah, I have a bunch of T-shirts. Yeah, I, I love Kung Fury. Like yeah, yeah. I watch two hours of drunk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you're, it's like definitely one of those things. Like, uh, it's don't watch to, it alone. It's supposed to. You be can like, still have a good nah. time, but it's going to be legendary if you can watch it with. But the it, small it does group such of a friends. good job, like parodying like really like like bad films, like yeah. Samurai Cop and stuff like that, where they have really bad lines, yeah. but like yeah. good. Like, yeah. like what was? Isn't like isn't <laughs> like what's? Isn't there a cop that's a Velociraptor? Triceratops. Triceracops, yes. I was like, I know he has <laughs> he a really fun spin-off. name that I love. He needs a spin-off. <laughs> they have, they have hack, uh, Hacker Man. He's the, he's the master of hacking. Yeah, yeah I used that meme. I used I, I, I <laughs> that meme everywhere. <laughs> I used to tell people like, all you need to know is there's a, a there's a there's a cop and his name is Triceracop and that's, that's all you need to know. But yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, oh oh wow, I didn't realize that. Uh, David Sandberg of Shazam. <laughs> No, different. No, no it's different. different David no, it's a different one. It's David Dang it. Sandberg. Yeah, yeah. Just diff- different. Just David Sandberg. Got it. He did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's a sequel that's coming. It's not a full length. It's just a. No, I'm sure it'll be full length. It but too. it's well, it's, a, it's got some good, well, some names in it. Fassbender, Schwarzenegger, David yeah, Hasselhoff, Norma Tacone, yeah. who was in the first one as Hitler. He was. He was Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That um, fight scene that the set video game we just throwing um like throwing Nazis at each other. It's so great. Yeah, if you guys took anything from this, like take take you need to watch Kung Fury on YouTube for free. Like that's what you mm-hmm. that's the biggest takeaway from this episode. <laughs> um I have two to throw out that are um I should mention too. I meant since I mentioned um hard boiled. Hard boiled is very hard to find in the US. You can buy it on Prime Video though, or rent it on it's Prime on YouTube. Video. You can actually get hardboard on YouTube. But oh shoot! Didn't know that. It's in my um, watch. Well, I I teed it up a while ago. I haven't watched it because I always forget about my YouTube watch list. List, but it's on my could, YouTube watch list. Yeah, I wonder if that's also maybe region coded. Um, uh, I know yeah, YouTube's I typically not, but like like if if some random person uploads it, but okay, yeah, sure, you can <laughs> check it out on YouTube. Awesome. Uh, either way, if you, if you wanted to try to find it, like there's no Blu-ray copy. I have a DVD that I bought on eBay, but it, like it had a small DVD run a while ago, and so you can find them for about maybe ten bucks, twenty bucks, something like that. But it's going to be a DVD quality. Like um, yeah. you can rent on Amazon Prime. Uh, and and the reason I bring that up is because one of these other movies that I own on DVD because it's really hard to find in the U.S. only came out in two thousand eight and is wildly popular for people that have seen it. Um, so just add it to your watch list with me. Um, and that's the chaser. Joe, have you seen this one? The chaser. No, never you, seen it. Adam, you looked like you were like, Oh yes. You said the thing. No, no, um, no. I found a copy of hardboard. You can order. There's a Blu-ray copy from the UK. You can get. Oh yeah. But it's, it's region locked. So we can't get it in the U S uh, so there was shame. a Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, the chaser is, um, a disgraced ex policeman who runs a small ring of prostitutes find himself in a race, race, race against time where one of his women goes missing. Apparently, this is on AMC Plus, so it must have got like a, it must have got a release. I'm just saying, at least when I bought it, there was only a DVD available. Oh, um, yeah. Kim Yoon Sook is the star. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, it, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even trying to just do any more of these names. Anyway, just 
<clears throat> people that have seen the chaser are truthers about how good that movie is i don't think i'm using that right people that have seen this movie love this movie um Truthers. so it is high on my watch list i'll check it out uh, and then the other one that I haven't seen that I own is uh, The Man from Nowhere, which I know, Joe, I'm pretty sure you've mentioned. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I just haven't seen it. If you um, like redemption stories and like, you like to see a character kind of pick himself up from nowhere, literally. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's it's pretty solid. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it looks like The Chaser available also. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's on AMC Plus or IFC Films Unlimited. Um, and it looks like you can get it on Google Play TV, but maybe not Voodoo. Anyway, I have a DVD copy of it. Um, You're good then. Uh, it's not on Voodoo, which is where I normally do my stuff. But anyway, that's that's just this one that I know. It's high on my... I've almost popped it in a couple of times. I just haven't. Um, but I'm surprised, Joe. I feel like uh, it's the first time I could... Uh, I've seen... I've <laughs> First time I've ever like stumped you on a movie that I'm sure you'd seen, you know? Oh, the, yeah. Um, it sounds good though. I've never seen. It. Yeah, I just I don't know I don't know anything. All I know is somebody recommended it once, and and then I like looked it up. And it's like, oh yeah, everybody that sees this has loved it. Um, so anyway, uh, any more others that you guys wanted to throw on before we move on? I feel like people have a pretty good watch list of where to start with some stuff. You know, mm. Battle Royale, Drunken Master, Kung Fury, plenty we, of good stuff. We were talking about um, Mike Brucey earlier. I would highly recommend The Big Boss. To me, I think that's his best film. Um, a funny story is he wasn't even supposed to be the hero of that story. Like he was supposed to actually die and die in the place of the character that actually dies in, in the uh, in the film. But uh, the, the director liked him so much he was like, uh, "Yeah, you're the star of this." <laughs> so yeah, nice. It's funny. You probably throw out um, Kurosawa's Rain. Um, I just see that on a couple of lists. I tried yeah. to stay away from the obvious, you know, like, Seven, Seven Samurai, Samurai yeah, right. and Rashomon. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And and I don't know, like. Akira. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, we jumps. Akira we did a couple months ago. Uh, did we? Okay. Um, yeah, anything that you know, any type of anime. I, I also tried to stay away from <laughs> yeah. anime, but yeah, because like, um, you, you can go down the rabbit hole, like possibly. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. It never end. List is already long enough as is, but yeah, my biggest <laughs> recommend is Yip Man. Um, I love those movies. Oh yeah, Monster Kung Fury. I need to see Yip Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I guess for you guys, you guys got to watch One Cut of the Dead. You'll love it. Joe, you'll love it. Yeah, I um, um, Let's move on to the spinoff then, guys. Aside from, you know, helping helping these people build their very initial Eastern Asian um, and and Bond um, <laughs> action. Throwing <laughs> 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 the ringer. Hey, a lot of them takes place in, like, China and Hong Kong, you know? They do. Um, they do. At least partly. Um <clears throat> What is uh? Yeah, it, James Bond is even Chinese in one of the films. So, um, in uh, you only live twice, right? No, yeah, yeah. Like the last yeah. Connery one, he starts off as like married in Chinese and all that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's all like a joke on the audience expectations. Anyway, um, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you guys are wanting to talk about? Um, Joe, I'll let you start us off. Yeah, as usual, I usually have like a few things. I'll just rattle off quick. Um, since uh, we did something based off of manga, um, I put Ishii the Killer, which is also based off of manga. Um, kind of interesting tonal stuff, like very kind of kind of similar in my opinion. Like you can kind of almost watch him as a double feature, just because stylistic wise. 
Um, I talked a lot about The Man from Nowhere. I highly recommend that. And then uh, this season of Jujutsu Kaisen has been amazing. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't watched that anime series and you're interested, uh, I say I catch up and you know, watch the second season. Joe, are you on the Blue Eye Samurai train? Uh, no, I heard it was amazing, though. I, I okay. do want to watch it. I heard it's really good. I need good. somebody that knows my taste in like anime stuff to tell me whether or not I would like it. It doesn't come off to me as anime the way it looks, but like I, I'm also not one of those people who are like it's not anime if it's not made in Japan. Like I don't really I just, care. Like if it's, I just saw it's a vibe. samurai in the title and animated, and I'm like, that's an anime. Yeah, to to me, it's like it's more of like it's more of like I mean, this term gets thrown around. It's more of a vibe. It's more of like a you know okay because like there are plenty of black creators that create anime, and it's it's awesome too. It doesn't need to be made you know specifically a certain way. Like yeah, right? as long as you know the heart's there, you know. Is good. Uh, Adam, why don't you go next? Um, I'm going to stick with the Asian thing. Why not? Um, I didn't know yeah. what to recommend even up until just now. Um, but I'm going to talk about um, The Boy and the Heron, which I watched the other night, Miyazaki coming out of retirement. That was um, that's just kind of typical Ghibli, if you if you know Ghibli. Um, it's kind of a magical film and, and quite something I'll need to see again to fully understand and, and pick up on its themes. Um, but it's... It's kind. Of, it's just a beautiful thing, honestly. It's just typical Ghibli animation, and, and, and absolutely worth seeing. Um, the next one is a sh- type of a TV show that I never watch. I never watch reality shows, especially competition shows. But I have recently finished Squid Game: The Challenge on Netflix, which I I really enjoy. And I'm surprised that not as many people enjoyed it as much as I have. But I don't watch those shows, so I don't know much about them. So. Um, I really thought it was kind of great. There's a lot of duplicity going on in there, a lot of interesting characters, and um, the games themselves do seem a little bit lame at times, but um, it's more about the character arcs and, and the, the alliances and bonds that they form and unform. Um, yeah, I was really enraptured, yeah, enraptured in it. Is that the right word? I don't know, but I liked it a lot. It is, it is the right word if you say it's the right word. Um, <laughs> it even if it's probably not... I think we can pick up what you're intending. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nice. Um, I will wrap us up with, um, I'm going to mention something that um, is, is one of those that actually like conveniently, I know you've seen Adam because I looked at Letterboxd and you're like one of three people that I know that have seen this, but um, I'm a big, big, big fan of Pete Holmes. Um, Uh, Yep. And he just came out with a new comedy special on Netflix that I think is pretty good. Um, It's called I Am Not For Everyone. Um, I just, I like his energy. I like his jokes. I like how he laughs along with his jokes. Like he is making, he is entertaining himself. He's got like a really fun energy to him. He's mostly clean, but he has a little bit of dirt with him. Like I wouldn't show like kids this, but I would be a-okay with, you know, like teenagers in the room. I don't know. I'm not Mm -hmm. a parent. Um, Like, you know, he's certainly not, like uber dirty or anything. Um, I really like Pete Holmes. I think I first came onto him when he was doing the college humor um, Batman skits, which are my favorite YouTube videos in the entire world. Um, and he recently did a few, like kind of a revival of that. But he he has uh, three stand up specials. So I'm kind of recommending I Am Not For Everyone on Netflix. I'm really actually wanting to recommend, especially like for you, Adam, since you said this is the first time you've seen him and you'll, you'll check yeah. out more. He has yeah. a better special on HBO from like five yep. years ago called Faces and Sounds. That is I'm f- awesome. Yeah, I'm finding it's so. been like I, I um, had watched a lot of stand-up lately and it's by and large, most of it's really underwhelming to me. And I had a really good conversation with, 
with Foster, um, who, yeah, another Sitcom partner. Um, and just going to and fro about recommending stuff. And, yeah, this Pete Holmes is one of the better ones that's absolutely come out this year, maybe along with Mike Birbiglia as well. But, um, yeah, I, I loved Pete Holmes because I am an atheist and I love the way he disproved atheists in this set. <laughs> And this it's really was funny. So funny. It was. It's really also funny. really funny how he'll like make caricatures of people, and you're like, "Oh, he's doing Ricky Gervais, isn't he?" And then he's like, "Yeah, yeah Ricky." Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> well, he got yeah, it." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, James Yeah, no, he's. I I think I think he's like super. I can't believe he doesn't. He hasn't had more success. I mean, I think he had a late night talk show on like TBS. That he I don't did. know if it's still running. No, I don't think it did. But he, yeah, but I think that's why I'm aware of him because I think he had some biggest stuff but he must have it didn't work out i guess i think i think he's really funny and i think is a i think is one of the better i I agree with you i think the problem is like when we started getting netflix and they were just like green lighting anything and they threw a bunch they did like one stand-up comedy special every like week or so yeah so everybody got one and then amazon's like oh we got to get on this and hbo's like hey let's revise revitalize that so everybody's doing them and some of them are great but like like I like to me the only ones I really care I love Mike Birbiglia I haven't seen the Old Man in the Pool yet but I'm so okay. excited to it's pretty good yeah. um I really like Pete Holmes I love um John Mulaney of course um mm-hmm. I um yeah. I, I've recently really gotten into uh, Hassan Minhaj uh, oh yeah Hassan. I, I haven't like I, I haven't seen any of of his long form stuff yet, but I love seeing his short form stuff, like his Daily Show or whatnot. Like yeah, um, his show he did on Netflix was really good, like the like a John Oliver style show. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I and and also like I noticed when he did the Daily Show for a week, a lot of people were like, "Hey, please, can you just make this guy the host?" Like mm. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, either him or Jordan Klepper, you know, one of the two. But anyway, like I think those are kind of the only. Like those are like the comedians that should have more success than they do are to me are Pete Holmes and I, Mike Birbigley is getting there, but like the fact that he's not on the same level as like John Mulaney like is just crazy mm. to me because his all of his specials are ten out of tens that I've seen. Um, I just haven't seen the Old Man in the Pool yet. But all, all of Mulaney's specials are one. amazing. Though. All Mulaney's are pretty solid. All of yeah. Mulaney's are great too, and I'm just saying Birbiglia should like be in that same conversation. I would uh, throw in, in Nate Bargatze. Oh yeah, Nate Bargatze as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's awesome. He's so good. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Burr, but he's you have to be into Burr because he's I mean he's a psycho. (laughs) I can can pretty much only brothers. I think. (laughs) I I like him in theory, but I just can't take him in large doses. So like. I watched F is for family and it's like, that's kind of the oh, perfect, yeah, yeah. like six 20 minute episodes. And then I'm done with him for two years. Like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of my point. I'm super into him. I think he's funny, but like, yeah, uh, I, I just like how ridiculous he is. He's, I just love watching clips of him when he's on Conan, like on YouTube. You see, watch Bill Burr on Conan and just watching him crack Conan up. is just yeah. fun enough in itself. It's great. If you could do that to Conan, you're, it's, you're pretty talented. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Neil McDonald. Um, yeah. Have you guys or, seen or, or your Paul or your Paul Red? You know what I mean? Or you just come on, <laughs> coming in and bringing the same clip from that obscure movie? <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen? I recently went down a rabbit hole and watched like all of the Clueless Gamers from Conan O'Brien. Like oh, those okay. are so I've good. Seen some of those, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Tomb Raider oh. one it just has me rolling the whole. Day. He's so horny in those videos. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Really? Like, we'll yeah, and watch. especially like he's playing Tomb Raider remake, and it's like he's he's saying what we're all thinking. Uh, like, 
<laughs> so good. Uh, anyway, those are those are awesome. But uh, but yeah, my like ultimately like I'm just saying I really like Pete Holmes. Check out his Netflix special. Um, but I'm saying if even more than that, I re- I think Faces and Sounds is 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 better. Um, they're both really good though. So. Um, and I know he has one in the middle there. I think it also went on HBO. I don't know what it's called, but I never got around to watching it. So I think he has two on HBO and one on Netflix. Um, yeah. and also check out his college humor and like his Batman stuff. It's incredible. Um, well, that's a wrap reminder. You can follow, um, Adam mostly at letterboxd and, uh, Joe mostly on Instagram. I'll kind of have those kind of as the pinned and you can follow anything else that they mentioned, um, at the top of the show. Um, and you can follow me on all the social media places that are worth being on, um, and some others <laughs> on Twitter and Letterboxd. Um, I'm really not active on anything, but Letterboxd is kind of the, the best one. Um, I check Blue Sky most probably, but Twitter is mostly for sports. Um, so quick reminder, Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you guys are interested in writing for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, send us some questions to explore in the B-plot, then email writersroom at SifPop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over there. By the way, thank you to all of you who have done that. Um, I checked out. We got a Spotify wrapped um, that I looked at earlier today. And um, we are the number one most listened podcast by, for like nine people, which is seven people which isn't a lot but like that's number one that means you listen to us more than anything and so i appreciate you seven people there are 19 total people who this podcast is in their top 10 and that's just like people that you know this goes to and that's exclusively on spotify so that's not counting google Podcasts or itunes or anything like that either so if you are somewhere in our spotify wrapped or google podcast wrapped or whatever even if you're listening, I appreciate you. And um, Joe and Adam, I appreciate you guys as well for taking the time out uh, to watch Old Boy and uh, sit and talk about it with me. I'm having, I had a lot of fun today, guys. Okay, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Adam is back to talk about Ad Astra and A Night to Remember, but it's going to be about six months. Um, sorry, I wish I could have you on sooner. But, um, oh, that's cool. It gives me time to watch fine. A Night to Remember. Yeah, I think it's only like ninety minutes, ninety five minutes. Um, pretty short. Because yeah, Ad Astra is like two hours and a half. I think I don't know. Probably like I think it's like shorter than us. Either way, it's gonna feel longer. I'm sure, just because I haven't seen it. <laughs> but I know what it's about. I know it's about contemplating morality, mor- mortality in space and um, father son stuff. Yeah. Uh, next week, Robert's joining me to talk about the Elephant Man as part of our goat segments. Uh, my first foray into the David Lynch universe. And in two weeks, uh, 2023, nope, not 2023, 2024 preview, talking about some films coming out next year. Joe, you and me back next month, you're going to reevaluate Looper and I'm going to reevaluate Donnie Darko and hopefully (laughs) we'll come back loving them. No promises, (laughs) but uh, at the very least, I'm happy to watch Looper again. I love love, love both of those movies. I'm keen to hear what you say. Yeah um so we will do that next month and we'll see you back here next week uh listener so thank you and um end podcast i guess (laughs)